Whether developing, playing, or simply hosting games on a server, Intel makes it happen. And Intel wants to make sure the biggest innovations in gaming continue to happen on the PC by giving developers a hand with the Intel Game Dev Program. All you have to do is sign up, and Intel will provide the resources necessary to help you continue to innovate and make gaming even more amazing. Head on over to the Game Dev Program at software.intel.com slash gamedev to get started. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. the internet you're busy let's do this welcome to the game speed decides podcast this is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of video games so you don't have to do it for yourself i'm your host jeffrey grubb with me is mike minotti two weeks in a row you did it all right i did it yeah following your arbitrary rules damn right in today's episode we're going to talk about the news uh we're going to talk about some of the games that we have been playing and then we're going to talk about awesome games done quick a little bit uh it's coming up uh slate controversy in the speedrunning space <gasps> what has happened who's been murdered this time oh gosh what have they done <laughs> it, awesome games games like quick controversies are always great because they're like incredibly petty <laughs> yes exactly and i wish all the controversies were like games that like quick controversies me too uh, absolutely I wish, I, I, I wish they weren't more about like that guy telling people to walk into the street at the end of that one speedrun than like real world problems yeah, I, I uh, with like uh, my my favorite thing is always when they do the dancing and stuff like that. But no, you're right. Maybe the the controversies are actually better. Um, okay, yeah, we're gonna get into this. But first, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, you can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. Uh, if you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. Uh, that's the plus sign. We are also on Twitter at uh, at gamesbeat and at gb decides. Um, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can subscribe to the podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, a bunch more, anywhere where pods are caught. Uh, finally, if you like the show, rate us. It helps people find it. Mike, um, Yo. I'm just, I, I'm shook, man. I, Kevin James, wrong? Kevin James killed off his wife <laughs> on his show and brought back Rima Lini or whatever, whatever her name was from King of Queens. So, like, it's incredible to <clears throat> me. Is it is it, I'm sorry, is it like a prequel now? Is this the same universe? I'm just very upset. Wouldn't it be great if like like imagine if on Becker, like they just started killing off the characters and replacing them with like the cheers people. Exactly. Oh so, like, when Becker's just walking into that diner. They have to like, turn more. into it like that though, right? They have to like yeah. it has to become that. Uh I mean, are people watching was it Kevin Can Wait? Is that, is this like a big hit? I don't know. It's man. weird because like sometimes these shows like, I, I don't know why they hit or don't. Like, um, that Tim Allen show was on forever. And I think it was even doing well. And it was supposedly a surprise that it was canceled. But yeah, Last I, Man Standing. And I'm I like, who it, watches this? I, I honestly, I, it's got to be like the TVs are just on and people happen to be in the room, right? Like, that's got to be. It doesn't happen. Because like, remember, um, like, Robin Williams, like, like this last year, he had that show on TV. Like, no one watched it. So it got canceled. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, why do so? I don't know. Man, yeah, I I wonder what like the math that has to go into appealing to the people who still watch like network television. Like what like what 
crazy algorithm do you put in to go like Tim Allen, mad at young people, has a family show is a hit like that is yeah I, I wouldn't be able to do that um i assumed it was just a slightly more like curmudgeonly home improvement yeah i mean that's the, that's that's, already sounds like that show right that's pretty much i think that's the the what actually works with video is, blogging yeah that's what works is if you take like an old show and just take the same star and do it again like i think that's what's happened with kevin james he's like my show's failing uh we should bring back and just make it that old show again and see if people like it like i think that's what he's really doing Oh well, but Jeff, these aren't video games. Well, I mean, people, scientists still aren't sure if Kevin James is not a video <laughs> game or not. But we'll, I mean, we'll we'll let them figure that out, and we'll come back next week. Maybe that could be our big topic next week: Kevin James video game. Um, <coughs> you're right. Okay, so actually, why don't you start this week? Uh, we've got a couple of video games we're going to talk about. Um, there's one I'm interested in hearing about from you: South Park, oh. the fractured butthole. Fractured butthole. Ha ha ha. They're okay. funny. Yeah. Um, do you like South Park? I do. I actually do. Yes. I, I can take yeah. it or leave it sometimes. Uh, I am – well, that's not right. I When it's on, I will watch it and enjoy it. I am no longer seeking it out. I think that's how it is. Yeah. I'm still a pretty, pretty big South Park fan. I mean I don't watch much of anything, but I'll still right. watch South Park. I still enjoy that. Um, it's it's kind of weird too because like it's like the show I can still remember like being a kid and not being allowed to watch right. it. It's just – it's been around my entire – so it's this bizarre thing you grow up with. But um, so yeah, I like South Park. Um, did you play uh the Stick of Truth? Yeah, I played uh maybe about four or five hours of it. I, I was enjoying it. I just it was like the beginning of the year after it came like uh, after it came out and then sure. it that was into the next year or whatever, and I was like, Oh, maybe this will be a game out one of the games I catch up on, and it just sort of got lost as the new year got started and more games started coming out. But uh I, I definitely was enjoying what was there. So speaking of you speaking you really like that first one, right? Okay, go, yeah. yeah. Go well, just real quick, you're, you're saying about release right now. Like, man, this is a weird time for this game to come out. I it's feel a tough like. time, especially for Ubisoft to release it like ten days before Assassin's Creed. Yeah, uh, I, I guess they just they want two games out there. God damn it! Oh, Penny, Penny, Penny's got opinions on the matter. She's like, uh, I'm gonna go to the store. I'm gonna buy Assassin's Creed, and maybe I'll get South Park at the same time. That's how she feels about it. Um. But I, I I don't know. You like you played the first one and I played the first one. I liked it a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean it was it was uh, a pretty cool RPG kind of thing. Like it's pretty traditional turn based stuff. You're back to you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'll let you take care of this dog. Um, <clears throat> I I think what I liked is that uh, it was. I mean, the, the, of course, the first one was a surprise hit. I think because it matched the show perfectly, and then the game was actually also good on top of that. Like, it looked exactly like a show. Yeah, and the, the show stuff was kind of almost more poor. Like, it was just, especially because, like, I remember some of those early South Park games. Like, remember, I remember people made a big deal about the South Park game for Nintendo 64. Like, there was yeah. a lot of, there was a decent amount of hype. There was, like, the awesome, uh, there's the four covers on EGM, one with each of the kids oh God, on it. Yeah, totally. I collected all of those. Because, I mean, the whole point, it was basically going to be GoldenEye, but with the South Park characters. And that, that's kind of what it was. It wasn't a bad game, but it was right. It was kind of, it was like great. It, yeah, was, it, it was stupid. It was nothing special but, in the end. Right. Um, but, we, yeah, we had, we've had all these kind of weird South Park games, and it was really cool to just, like, be at this moment. Like, yeah, we could just make it look exactly like the show. I mean, why not? You know, it's just right. the cardboard cutout. So that, that was neat. I also kind of like the whole, like, virtual South Park aspect of it. Did you... There was like a CD-ROM. I don't even know if game's the right word. It's called Virtual Springfield. This was probably like the late nineties. Uh, I don't think I. 
I don't think I had it, but I think a friend had it, and I watched him play. I think. Right, and all it was is like you can kind of walk around Springfield, almost like a mist game. Like you push the arrows, you go to a different section, and there's like people there, and you talk to them, and you click on things, and things happen. I just like that because I'm like, oh, it's cool. Like Springfield suddenly looks feels like a real place. Like I can actually walk around and explore it. And you know, South Park kind of did that aspect. Like you have all the landmarks, you got every like all the kids' houses, you can talk to the characters, and and all this stuff. And you know, there's an actual game behind it. I I was surprised uh, that they. Uh, so accurately, or at least it felt like they accurately recreated that that world. Like it doesn't ever feel like they ever piece it together in the show, but they did it for this game, and that, that was one of the coolest parts. Yeah, that's one of the weird things. That was like I actually like have like this mental map of what like, South how yeah. South Park's laid out, and yeah, exactly, and that's what weird. have you. So, so yeah. the new the new game you've been playing it, uh, are, mm-hmm. you, and you finished it, and you wrote your review. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts. Like, how did it compare? Like, are there problems? What what happened? So, yeah, I think the way the way. Compares favorably and even better is that the combat is much improved. Uh, in the first software game, The Stick of Truth, it was very traditional, just turn-based stuff, right? Uh, you had one friend with you at a time, uh, so it was like your creative character and your friend. Um, you could the friend could switch out with one of the other characters, whatever. But it was mostly a two-person party, so pretty simple. Right. And, you know, you basically basically it was you know attack, kill, worry about status effects. Um, not nothing too crazy. It was kind of simple stuff. And again, it was more about just like the interactions with the characters and playing through stuff and kind of having fun. So, so it was fine. This one, instead of just like being pure turn based, there's a grid. It's not like full on Fire Emblem or XCOM. It's kind of a small grid. Think like, like sometimes like maybe five by eight, uh, maybe smaller, maybe bigger mm-hmm. than that. Depends on the fight. But the, the point is that you have a movement. You have to like move before you attack. And all the attacks have like the different area of effects, right? So like some of them will go in straight lines, some will like hit the space in front of you, some of them are like a rectangle around you, or they'll be diagonal or weird or stuff like that. So you know, just having that element adds a nice bit of complexity that yeah. makes the fights a lot more interesting. So I, I have been hearing that you're not the only one to say that. So uh, I mean, is that does that carry the sequel? Like, or are there ele- other new elements that make people? will make people want to come back. Well, I mean, a large part of coming back is just how much do you like South Park? Because, you know, it's right. still so much an interactive episode that if you like South Park, hey, here's some more South Park. And it is cool that since you have the superhero thing, it is a lot different in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, the first you one know, was Lord know, of the Rings-ish. Yeah, it's fantasy kind yeah. of tropes. And this one's much more superhero thing. So you have different, you know, st- themes for jokes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The one thing that and I don't know if it's, it's not like a big failing, but the novelty is a little bit lost, right? Because the, the first, the Stick of Truth was so neat. Yeah, because it that's was like, one wow, of the things I was like a, about. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're like playing a South Park episode. It's so cool. And I mean, it's still happening, and it is still neat, but it's not like amazing uh, as it once was. And, and the layout of the town is even pretty much the same. I mean, I don't remember it exactly, but it, it's pretty, uh, pretty much the same kind of a thing. So, like, walking around, like, the whole virtual South Park aspect of it, it's there, and it's, it's still cool, but it's not, like, that's better than it right, was in Stick right. of Truth. It's just there again. So, uh, the one thing... Go ahead. I was going to ask, do you feel like they could keep doing these, or will something have to change? Uh, they could maybe squeeze one more of these out if they had, like, a really good third idea. I guess the, the one other one that they did on the show I could think of was like when they all dress up as anime characters, right? So I don't right. know if they're going to do the, the anime South Park game. Uh, maybe. 
Like, right, uh, like I don't remember, maybe this has been in the first game or or in the sequel, but like, could they take like the Chin Pokemon stuff and like make a Pokemon game? No, I, I think you co- you just collected your Pokemon dolls in the first game, and that's like another fun thing like about exploring, right? You're you're finding uh, the collectibles. The collectibles are kind of weird. Like in this game, the main collectible is Yaoi. Uh, you know the the uh, the Japanese. Uh, how to put, I don't know how to put it. Gay porn, I guess. Oh, okay. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not porn necessarily, but it's the. It's like the cutesy <laughs> drawings of the. Yeah, yeah. Feminine yeah. Japanese men hugging totally. each other. I'm, yeah. So you're there's an episode about that. So you're collecting yaoi across the town. So you know that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's um, good stuff. All right. Yeah, I, I dig that. I. I yeah. I, so, but you, you. It sounds like you still like. It liked it. You're glad you played it. Like that's kind of. I liked it a lot. Okay. I know I had had a lot of fun with it. It has you know a lot of funny moments and some uh, some uh, you know call you know member berries literally collect them, but there are literally member berry moments like oh remember when this happened in South Park like oh (laughs) the one thing that kind of that's pretty good uh, yeah the one thing that kind of was annoying was so like you know you 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 gain access to new powers outside of like combat like things that can unlock certain paths like and they're kind of amusing like you have the one kid he's. His superpower is that he can go into a diabetic rage if he has sugar. So, like, you you can, like, hold down a shoulder button to go into an inspection mode. And you'll see, like, um, like a large object. So you hover over it, you hold down the X button. Then that kid will, like, there's a sequence where the kid will fly down. And then you have to do a little farting mini game. You fart in his face, he gets mad, then he pushes the thing over. And that solves a puzzle. And there's, like, three other things like this. Like, you, um, there's a hot area that's how you reach... You hover over in the inspection mode, hold down the X button, kid comes down, he talks to you, he says the same joke, or, you know, there's like three mm-hmm. jokes they cycle through, then you play a little mini game, you get up where you are. And there are just a ton of these, and hmm. they're not really puzzles, because it's just the same little mini game every time, and this kind of takes time. Like, it's kind, it's kind of the, it's not Metroidvania, but it's like the encourage you to go back to checklists you already been to for because hey maybe now you can access this area but they, but there are puzzles because it's always a very obvious tell when you're supposed to use the ability like you can hack a panel right well it'll always be that same little circuit board with the circuits coming out so all it is you walk in the room you see that like okay then you know two minutes later you you did the thing and you can open a chest okay oh. it's just there's a lot of it is that just kind of filler, like they're trying to ex- extend it or something, or or what? I don't. I. Uh, I mean, it's a. Cool, it's it's funny at first. Like it, it's it's funny. Right. Like haha, we're this this kid's kind on his back, and I'm on, and we're jumping, and I'm farting, and we're reaching high places. Um. Yeah, I guess it was just a way of trying to make the environments more interesting than just walking through them. Yeah. And there are there are other ways they make them more interesting. Like you have some time bending fart powers. There's a lot of fart uh, themed stuff in this game. No uh, way. It's, yeah, and some of that stuff's amusing. Like you know, like you can rewind time a little bit to put this broken ladder back together so you can climb up it. That stuff works a little bit better than this. These contextual buddy abilities yeah. they get they get pretty monotonous. Hey, maybe this is the last thing, and we can move on. Uh, are they they're monotonous because the jokes are monotonous, or because everything? Because about they take up too much time. Okay, they just take a lot because they're they they are not actually puzzles. It's just here's the thing that push right. these but that push this button. Character comes down, says something. Push this button, says something. Watch the anime. You know, it's just the same thing, and right, you okay. do it. You do it a lot. All right. Well, I, it, it sounds pretty good. It might be uh, one of those ones where I'm like, I'm just going to skip ahead to the sequel and play, actually play through it instead of trying to actually. Be yeah, I mean, it, it is a sequel. Like, it does take place kind of shortly after the first game, but it's not like right. it's not a hardcore. You need to yeah. play the first game yeah. to know what's going on. 
Well, uh, uh, another game where you don't necessarily need to know how to do something is Golf Story. It doesn't matter if you know how to golf or not. I still think that this game is pretty cool. I, did we talk about this at all last week? I, it's kind of vague. Yeah, me. I think so. I, I had like just started it, I think, right. last week, and I was talking a bit. Because, uh, yeah, I, I've gone quite a bit further. I got that um that like super driver ability that you right. were talking about the one week. And I... Uh, I'm in uh, some. I'm in some fancy club now. I'm about to smooth people to get to join there. Okay, yeah, um, you're not that much far, farther behind me. I, I've been playing some other stuff, so uh, I've been trying mm -hmm. to keep on top of it, and I'm I'm going to try to finish it. And I still need to send in my switch to get it fixed. Uh, but right. I, th they said there's a chance my saves might get killed, so oh. which would be a huge bummer. But uh, you know, if that happens, I want at least to have have beaten this game that I'm most of the way through. Um, sure. But uh, it, so. Now that you're this much further in, uh, how are you feeling about it? I know you were like, oh, kind of disappointed it didn't have like the the uh, the well, bounce control and stuff with AB. I was disappointed necessarily, but it was like kind of that one thing that wasn't there from the Moya games. Right. But the R the actual like the RPG stuff outside of just you know like RPG progression is kind of better here maybe than it was yeah. in a. Mario Golf, um, it, you know, like some of these characters are actually becoming a little endearing to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like especially the coach, I like his little wacky antics. Yeah, he's uh, his whole thing. Uh, yeah, the coach is. Right. Uh, he doesn't want to train you, and then he 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 accepts to train you, and and the whole time, everyone. Whenever they talk about your how like how you golf, they're like you golf like a monster, as in like your golf swing is like ugly to look awful. at. We hate it, uh, but yeah, at least you're getting to the hole, oh, and that's dead. all that matters. Yeah, right. Uh, and and like, there's there's some funny stuff in the game with your like ex-wife. There aren't very many games you could. There aren't very many RPGs I can think of where you start out with like not even ex-wife, but just like a bitter wife. Yeah, uh, when she shows up that one time, it is very that's good. Funny. She is very funny, very and they don't funny. they don't overdo it either, which is good. No, uh, yes. Yeah. So, like I was enjoying the golf at first, but I am happy now the game can actually be genuinely funny. Yeah, I, I um I was unsure about the writing at first. I think I, I thought there was mm -hmm. some stu stuff where Me too. Like, I, I, yeah, because I, I just wasn't you know it's, it's always like that with a new game, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I just cut you off twice now, but uh, no, it's okay. Honestly, yeah, but but it's, yeah, like when you're in a new game, it almost takes you a little bit to kind of get a handle on the writing. Like it, it, you're almost just like not reading it right at first. You're not quite mm -hmm. sure of the humor. And Golf Story was like that where. Things almost seemed a little too matter-of-factly at first, right. some of the writing. And then I kind of was able, like, as you play, you kind of pick up on, like, the... It's like, I don't even know what it is, but there's a comedic edge to it. And it's a subtle mm -hmm. thing. It's not, like, jokey. There, so it's, it's made in Australia, and I think that may be part of it. Like, uh, I uh, think they're they're doing it in a dry Australian wit, which is maybe not a, a, a type of humor we get here a lot. Like, mm -hmm. we get the British dry wit and stuff, uh, things like that. But um, I, I, I think... Kind of having that different take on it, um, it, it takes a while to sink in for an American player like us. Uh, but it did. It did, you know, it caught on with me. And I think a big part of that is just kind of giving it the time to do that, letting it grow into its own. Um, and I really, I really appreciate it now. I'm, I'm laughing, you know, here and there. It's not like burst out loud laughing all the time. But there's a lot of times where it's like, that's clever. That's good stuff. Um, is, this, is this the best video game ever made in Australia? I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Appar been apparently, Two K Australia helps make Bioshock, so I don't know now. <coughs> oh, wait, so Two like, K Australia was like the the company that worked on Bioshock One that wasn't Irrational Games, right? I, I was gonna. I was. I knew there was a Two K studio in Australia. I don't know if they're still. Do they still exist? I don't. It looks like they just always kind of have helped people on games. Right. Okay. Like so. they helped with Borderlands the pre sequel. They helped the Bio all the Bioshocks. Yeah, I don't know if they're. 
I don't know what's going on down there, yeah. but they're you know they're helping. Um, so we can't call Bioshock an Australian game, though. No, no way. You're right. Um, this game, however, it is, and I, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm 16 hours in. I think maybe some of that's idle time. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, it, you can see, track your time in the yeah, game. Like, I guess the switch just lets you, doesn't it? Yeah, but if you start up your save, uh, it says right there uh, at the beginning. Um, that's the thing. Like, I'm always so linear with my Switch games that I'm always just have the one on sleep mode. So, like, I never have to start it up again. Yeah, same here. That's exactly how I do it, and I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I'm not sure if uh if, if that's like you know what I sorry yeah ahead. I was gonna say I'm not sure if that's like if, if uh, it's straight sixteen hours I think a lot of it is I, I it's if it's not it's maybe closer to thirteen or fourteen uh so it's a beefy beefy game and it it I think the more I play it the more I like it which is something I'm really happy with you know what I really like about it we've talked about this before but how we we really like. Like, there's Nintendo home console games and Nintendo portable games, and they're both great, but they're both different. Mm-hmm. This is one of the first, like, Switch games I played that felt like, even though it's not made by Nintendo, a Nintendo no, portable yeah. game. That's uh, that's only available on the Switch. Yep. Uh, it's really neat. And I, I, I really only ever played this game in uh, the handheld mode. I've never Same. played it on my TV yet. So. Yeah. I mean, I played it on the, like, I captured it on my computer and stuff, but that's it. But uh, the, the handheld mode, it's, it really does bring back the memories of that series. And, yeah. All the RPG elements, like you pointed out, so good, very good. Hey, um, I, I want to hear about these other two, or these other games on your list. I'm curious what you think. So uh, I beat Cuphead. Hey, I beat Cuphead before you, because I'm cooler. Well, you reviewed it, and yeah, yeah nah, yeah, I'm I, better than you. Is what it I don't, is. I don't think that's what that means, does it? I don't mm-hmm. think so. Um, I was, I was very excited. I, I have some thoughts about the game. I think that it is very good. I like Cuphead mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, there were times where I was very frustrated and did think it was cheap occasionally. Uh, the one things were whenever a projectile hit you and it was because you were behind like a foreground element and the foreground mm-hmm. element was like casting like a shadow and you couldn't see anything behind it. I'm like, okay, I guess I just got to learn to avoid that. It just seems, I don't, it seems stupid. It seems like yeah. unnecessary. I know you're talking about it. it didn't happen too much to me, so... Yeah, I mean, it was just like, I don't know, the handful of times, the half dozen times sure. it happened, it was, like, annoying. Um, and, you know, you're, you're always looking for excuses on why you're a failure, so I understand that. Exactly, and that, that's a very Why are you one. just another game journalist complaining about <laughs> Cuphead being too hard, taking its Metacritic score down to a measly, was it, at 88? I, but, I yeah. just, I want to take hard games away from PewDiePie, Mike. That's what I want to yeah. do. That's yeah, what I'm here to do. Critics, you know, it's at an 87. Oh, we're taking it, baby. <laughs> the video game journalist agenda is in full swing. That's that's the power that we have, and I will exercise Soon all video it. games will ah, be easy to appease us. That's right. Praise me, video games. Uh, th- that said, I felt very proud of myself when I beat this game. As that's I what's think- cool. It's like, it is neat to actually feel super accomplished when you beat a game. A big, it helps that they're like, oh, here's the achievement, and only 4% of people who mm-hmm. own this game on Xbox and Windows right. have done that. So that was like, okay, that's I, I very exciting. And I did it on the Xbox One. It was earlier than you. It was only like 1.9% at that point. Yeah. And it's like, so at this point, like, 1 in 20 people walk in the room, and they all own Cuphead. Like, that's that's the only number of people that have beaten the game. One in twenty. Like it's 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 pretty pretty nuts. Like I wonder is that is that that different from a lot of other? Oh, at least back in the day, it used to feel like nobody ever beat games. I think that's why video games became easier. Was because people were feeling <laughs> bad that no one was ever beating. Them. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that that number isn't that much higher on average for all video games even now. I think uh, one of the things is people always say, put all the cool stuff in your game that's going to wow people right at the beginning. 
because if you put it at the end, no one's going to see it. Most people won't get that far. Most people don't beat games. So it's I know that's shock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I know that's still true today. Uh, it was probably very true back when we were kids. Um, yeah. A couple other things. I'll just say uh, it. It was weird, kind of like realizing that, like how the uh, the boss progression works. So bosses always have various stages, and you're shooting them, and and it wasn't like the bosses have an HP bar. It's just like you're filling them with bullets until they reach that next stage. Um, and like, it's like almost like, unless you're shooting them, you're not holding down the play button to like move them closer and closer and closer to that thing where it like clicks over. It's like, okay, now I'm in stage two. And it was just, um, it was, I, I don't know if it's bad. It's not bad. It just felt weird that bad. like, I, One it, of the, it just felt weird that like, I'm not like taking away their HP. It just like, it's very, it was a very well, inversion of that, of that yeah, idea. But I, I, at least from what I picked up, like, there was still an HP bar. There wasn't a point where you shot them and it was like, okay, I'm moving to my next phase. Damage doesn't count for a while. It seemed like the damage was... No, that's right. You're right. All right. Because, like, sometimes, like, it would even be a good strategy where if you were in an easier phase, kind of wait to when you thought they were almost about to move phase, then use your super. Because then yeah. you would also knock off a large portion of their health going into that next phase, and that phase would be shorter. Yeah. So it was kind, You're of, it was kind right of interesting. That, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was just like... It wasn't like you're going to be able to do enough damage in that first stage to like really cut their like whole progression down in half or something, or like beat them in that first stage. It was that's impossible. You have to go through each of the of the, of the stages, uh, no matter what. Um, you can make them be shorter, but that again, it was just like you were saying, like you just save up your your special and hit them with them right when it starts and stuff. It was it was just weird, I, I, and I got used to it. And I think I like it. I think it makes sense for the game they were making, where it was very much about. Showing off the animation and showing off these stages. Did you ever use any other like super move except that first one that just you know? I did. Beam that does a lot. I didn't use invincibility really? once. I used the the so, so that, there's one there's one where like you can move the that guy third around. One is garbage. I yeah maybe you, you can't move it around without moving yourself around. You can't you motherfucker. Can't yes you can. Both. God you're so you, dumb. You're so no, dumb. You can't. You lock if yourself in place. Yourself around, you have to avoid a million things. You can't accurately move yourself around to avoid the projectiles. And RB. also have this thing right bumper in the hitbox. Right bumper, no. Mike. You hold down right bumper and your character stands still and you can move him around all you want. Oh, God, you're so dumb. God. Oh, this is why, this is why a, I have to make video games easier for game journalists. <laughs> <Exactly. like. laughs> I mean, I, honestly, it took me a long time to realize you could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, matter of fact, they don't tell you that. <laughs> they <laughs> no, they don't tell you Maybe shit. they do. Uh, uh, I actually when, when I, I played through a lot of the I played through the entire first world with only one weapon. Um, I I then I got like a second weapon and I did I felt like I didn't have enough coins for forever to buy anything else. And then I finally realized it's like it's all in the shop. Just go in there buy it. I thought I was buying consumables in the shop for some reason. It's like uh, no, some man, of them nope. Once again, got to make these games yep. easier for us game journalists. Apparently, <laughs> no, exactly. Um, it's like all these ways where the game uh, doesn't like communicate that, everything yeah, like no, in that's a very pretty flat stupid way. Of you, Jeff. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but once I got like once I got the um like the lobber or like the the boomerang thing, and I realized, oh, it's it's Mega Man. Like some of these bosses are super simple if you have the right weapon. Right. It, it like opened my eyes, and I was very near the end of the game at that point. But I was like, I really kind of got the urge to go back. And maybe try to and A plus. Max of it. Yeah, A plus every yeah, I, I will say, I mostly. for I, There was one boss where I really had to switch up the mechanics. I think it was that pirate ship where I used the lobber yeah. a lot. Yes. For a lot of them, I was okay just using spreader and the homing shot. That mm -hmm. would kind of get me through. Yeah, yeah, bit. totally. Like, there's totally combinations that will work in most cases. 
But like I was like, I got really into the charge shot, and the charge shot is OP, and they're actually nerfing it. They said they're going to update. Oh, really? Because yeah. I never used it. I never really used the charge shot. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, it's like hey, it's way, way overpowered for sure. Really? If I use it, what um? So the last two bosses are the hardest ones. Without without getting any of them away, did you uh have any particular hard times with either of them? Um, uh, yes, uh, I would say yes. I think maybe I uh. Probably the second to last was the hardest boss for me overall, See, I, I think. Maybe. I, I, that one wasn't too bad for me. It took me a bit, but I kind of got lucky because when I got to, like, the last stage, he wasn't doing anything, really. And I oh, yeah. The game had glitched out or something. So, wait, on the last stage, like, the last stage of, like, uh, like the multi-stage fight yes, where... Yes, when uh, you're just actually fighting the dice guy. Okay. Uh, and he wasn't really doing anything. I just kind of shot at him for a while. And then he yeah, all right, you lucked out. Because <laughs> that was that was so frustrating because you get past all the other things and you get to a point where I was doing it over and over. And I got to a point where I perfected all those guys and I would only screw up if I was being uh, careless. And that's right. the only time I would take a hit. But then I got to that end part and I just, no matter what I did, I could not figure out how to bounce on these things to continue staying out of the way. Try not to spoil too much because it really yeah, is I worth seeing yourself first. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the devil though, I beat him on like my, my third try. I think my second try. Maybe. What? Oh, the devil took me forever. I'm I I I, I, I feel bad. like I feel like I lucked out on him. I don't know. I just got to point. I where I'm like, whoa! I, I beat him. A lot of work. I think I was just but, uh, it was the beginner's luck stage still, and I just happened to get to like. Maybe. You, do you ever have that thing in games where yeah. the first time you try something, you do so much better than like the next yeah, fifty? Yeah, I know what you mean. It happens to me all the time, and I'm like, what? I think I think I was still in that phase right there in the, with the devil, and I just happened to push through and beat him. What weapon were you using for the devil? Uh, I was using the boomerang shot uh, and oh. charge shot. I think uh, See, boomerang shot. That, boomerang shot is so crucial. Uh, like the the really? train, the train. Uh, you remember uh -oh. like the beginning of the train with all those guys are coming at you. If you like look yeah, backwards, that was a great boss by the way. Yeah, it's very good. And you look backwards and you're firing the boomerang and it's like hooking around and flying back and you're just sort of jumping. It creates this like this wave of like you're you're basically a bullet hell enemy and you're creating this entire thing that's, that's going cool. back and taking out all the enemy enemy projectiles and then anything that's not doing that is hitting the boss. That that might, that might have been our problem with the devil is that I I, I had spreader and homing and I kind of stuck with it maybe too stubbornly. Yeah, that was my issue. I didn't experiment enough. All right, so yeah, Cuphead. And then uh, yeah, cool what was my last game? Uh, Divinity. Oh, yeah. I, I I got a couple more here. Yeah, uh, Divinity Original. Is Sin this cool? Because I got a code for this, and Which, I, this is a game Divinity? I would not have. Yeah, I would not have played this at all. Except I mean the reviews for it are just absolutely glowing. And I know, you know, game journals can't be trusted, but that Metacritic score is pretty high. Yeah, I mean, so, if, like, if, if we were in a place where game journals shouldn't be thrown in a pit and punished <laughs> just for eternity, it, I would say, yeah, those reviews seem, like, pretty positive. Uh, people are calling it the best computer RPG ever made. Uh, I am not a huge computer RPG guy. Just that, just See, I'm thing. not either. It missed me. Uh, I think that this... I think what might happen here is I might play this, and I might be very frustrated that there aren't other games as good as this that, that that play the same way. I might try to go play some of the other ones and be like, oh, okay, I see where the lineage is here, but I am spoiled now because I played this very, very good one. So, um, for right. people that... Well, it's weird because computer... Some computer RPGs were kind of the opposite, where, like, you'd play some of the new ones and the older ones would be better. I, I guess I kind of think of, like, Night's Republic in that respect, where I would enjoy yeah. that more than, say, playing 
Dragon Age, whatever. They're yeah, for sure. I think some that, that's yeah. There was some weirdness. But in like how that even genre those aren't really grew. those aren't really like this specific computer RPG kind of Boulder's Gate. Yeah. So this I is like, like Infinity Engine. Like this is like yeah. trying to be an Infinity Infinity Engine game, uh, just like Boulder's Gate and you know Icewind Dale or whatever. Um, and it's it's you know it's D and D like there it has all the D and D classes. Um, and like, there's a narrator. So like, like, uh, like, honestly, like you're playing a D and D game. So you go walk up to a person and you'll talk to them and you'll say like, uh, like the options will be, tell them that you don't really trust them, but you want to figure out kind of what's going on here. And that, that's how it will be described. And then you'll say that, and you don't really hear like your dialogue. You just hear the response. Um, and then a narrator will be like, uh, they look at you with their eyes for like eyebrows furrowed and or blah, blah, blah. And stuff. So it's like, very much like you're sitting at a table. Oh, the classic but, furrowed eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think what I'm really liking is that the um, there's a, it seems like there's a lot of options in the combat, a lot of options in the way you approach like any social situation, uh, and it, it <coughs> excuse me, and it looks cool and it plays well and it's like a really silky smooth 60 frames per second and it has good controller support, which I, I mean I can imagine you know it's made for mouse and keyboard. But I'm playing it on my phone, actually. Like I'm streaming it to my phone, and right, I saw that. It's been very good to do it do it that way. I can like play it downstairs, and yeah, I really do want to get to this. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm gonna try to play enough of it so I can feel like comfortable about maybe game of the year with it. That's what I'm. Th- that's I I always feel obligated to for game of the year if, if a game gets that much attention. And obviously, you know, if it's that good, I want to play it. But right. I feel like. Normally, I wouldn't be like, I have to play it by a time, but I'm like, I should probably play this by December. And it, it's rough because there are a lot of games coming right. out. And it's not like this is a short one, so it's like this is a commitment yeah. as well. Um, but we'll see. Uh, the only other thing I have is, is Shadow of War, which, honestly, I haven't played. Oh. I'm I'm at a point where I'm like, I, I don't have... Think you, I don't think you know, Jeff, but this segment is called What, what Have You Played? Yeah, I, I know, but what I, I have been playing a game in regards to it, and the game is... Is it worth putting a hundred fucking gigabytes towards my data cap for Shadow of War? <laughs> and it's like a mental. It's like the Kobayashi Maru. There's, it's no win. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy it enough that I'll look back and be like, oh yeah, I'm really glad at the end of the month when I'm like when Comcast comes to like cut off my penis because I've used too much da- data. Whoa, they're, they're serious, it's an dude. Intense cable company. Yeah, yeah. Comcast, man, they don't joke around. Um, so uh, yeah, it's like a hundred gigabytes for this game. Uh, I don't know. That's a really big game. And <coughs> excuse me, I really hate the idea of data caps now that they're so, uh, I had something I didn't have before. I switched to Comcast cause it's so much faster. And now it's like, oh yeah, this is like a real problem I have to deal with. So yeah, I might have to I, just actually I, play them with their goddamn money and get like unlimited data. I have a code for this game. And part of it is like, I have so many other things to play, but like, I don't know why I'm like not as excited as I thought I would be yeah. to play the That's where I'm at too. Mordor sequel. Like I, I feel like I should be really pumped about it. I don't know if it's like it's just like I've let that loot box story sort of sidetrack everything else in my head. Even though I don't I ultimately don't care that I think much. I'm using it as an excuse. I think I'm doing what I think yeah. this is what we're both doing is we only have so much time. Uh we like the first one. The second one might seem like more of the same with like a lot of systems on top that like might not necessarily be better. It's just like a lot more yeah, and they're I all think really that's well part done. Of it, actually. Yeah, I, I don't really I don't really like how they put a lot of emphasis on like holding it forts and defending forts. Like, yeah, what no I liked way. in Shadow of Mordor was fighting orcs. Mm-hmm. And like the Nemesis system was cool, but not necessarily like the manager. I don't know. I do hope that 
like the next big Middle Earth game is something that is a little bit more uh, outside of Mordor, a little mm-hmm. bit more, hey, let's go to like Rivendell or Florian or Gondor, Rohan. See yeah, for sure. Places. That would be way better, yeah. I think. Uh, that would be more appealing. Yeah. I, I, I I don't know. I, I, my, my thing is that genre of open world Assassin's Creed type games, like even the new sure. Assassin's it's Creed. A, it, is, like, it is a little played out. Yeah, I, I, if I can find an excuse to miss one, I, I'll, I'll take it. And that's where I'm at. Where I'm like, exactly hey, those loot boxes. Is. I'm like, yeah, that's a good reason. But I just, yeah. Yeah, because there's just been so there have been just. So but many. yeah, I, I have a code for the game too. I, I exchanged. I have it ready to download. We'll, we'll see. Maybe if I, if I, I actually I downloaded mine. It's okay. downloaded. Yeah, I don't know. But... We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I guess I have like a short few day window here before some of the next games come in. I, like, I'm like, Barely. like, want to really start this now? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe. We'll yeah. see. Um, I'm like kind of excited to send in my Switch so I can like not have that as a distraction. I'll try. I'll play Divin- Divinity and then hopefully my Switch will get back and Mario will be here and some other stuff will be ready to go. That's a large part of it. It's making room for Mario. Yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, that's got to happen. So then it's like kind of like where do these other games fit in? Because I'm not going to bump any Mario oh, time. Do, do we want to transition to uh, the news that way? Let's do it. We right have, on we have a Mario Odyssey news story here. Because uh, Edge Magazine, which is a magazine I, see, I feel like I only ever hear about when they somehow get these bizarrely <laughs> early reviews. I gave well, I mean, the first <laughs> Mario Odyssey review. The thing Go about ahead, Edge yeah. is it's, it's printed on paper, which is weird. I think that's a, a very so, odd thing. Uh, it's uh, that apparently this old style where the words read on trees, uh, and they wasteful. Ha- yeah, exactly. And they have to <laughs> print these things way ahead of time. And they asked Nintendo and said, "Hey, we, the magazine's going to come out like uh, here, and the next one will come out way after the game comes out. So can we get it right now for this mag for this issue so we can review it?" And Nintendo said yes, and Edge is like, "Okay," and the game is perfect, or at least it gave it a perfect score, a perfect ten. Uh, perfect. Yes, and this no, is like, what Shu always said. That it's not a perfect 10, Jeff. It's just a 10. I, I always remember what Shu said, Mikey. Don't worry. It's not, nothing is perfect, uh, which is why we were never allowed to use that word, actually. Which is why – that was basically his defense for when he gave Gears of War 1 a 10 out of 10. <laughs> everyone was mad at <laughs> Oh, Oh, Shu. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, the 20th ever 10 that Edge has ever given, and the last one was Breath of the Wild. Uh, which I, I agree with still. I still think that's a, a, a 10. Um, I gave it a hundred. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that the hype is not going to overtake me and ruin Mario in any way. I, I, no, I'm full. No, I'm heck of that. I'm all aboard the hype train. I'm I, th- this, this, yeah. this review almost doesn't really contribute anything to it. Um, uh, you were already, you were already, like I was 100%. already there. Okay. My expectations are already as high as they could be. I mean, I played it. Uh, yeah, and it was just so right. much fun. Yes. I played it. It just looks incredible. Like every trailer, just gets better. So we just had like the full on like musical Mario Broadway dancing tri- uh, so commercial good. that came out. So good. No, I'm just like I'm just so excited for this game. Of all the things, like of all the things that are supposed to get you hyped in like the last couple of weeks, like even the Star Wars trailer and the Black Panther trailer, that Mario Nothing, commercial yeah. is still number one. Uh, oh my god, it's so good. That fucking song, man. I, I, yeah, they I, just I, have such a good hook for this game. Mm-hmm. With and it's funny how that was we didn't even know about like the hat possessing thing, but it's just such a good hook. Like you watch a that commercial, you immediately see like Mario like possessing these things or capturing, mm-hmm. excuse me. But this is like, yeah, that looks like so much fun. I you know it's working because so many people have just automatically started calling it capturing. Like no one's saying yeah. like possessing. Like everyone says capturing now. 
So you know, well, it's, it's witty. It's witty. Oh yeah, it's it's on, like it's a really smart thing. But like people like can often reject that sort of thing that's so on the nose. But with Nintendo, they're playing it right on the line, and they're getting all the reaction exactly how they want. It's it's so good. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. totally. And uh, here's one thing from this review that I will say has me sort of wide eyed. Is they said that um, I'm trying to remember how they put it. It was like Link may have more Karok seeds to collect in Breath of the Wild. But not by that much. Really? And, there's and 900 the, of those. And there's 900 Corrupt seeds. And so the, there's, it sounds like there's going to be a ton, a, like a ton I'll of ones. I'm going to be pretty tempted to try to 100% this baby, too. I think, I, 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 think, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to go for it. Right I mean, one of the, some of the most fun I had this year playing any game was finally doing the 120-star Mario 64 playthrough. That was super fun. Yeah, I have no regret uh, doing that, like, right away, yeah. right when, after yeah, that game come out. And I'm like, I want to do the same thing here and just, like, not ha- – like, I don't want to miss it. Like, what if I die, Mike? What if a bus runs me over and I never did all, this, uh, all the no, moons right. in Mario Odyssey? I know I'm just saying that's the reason I'm going to do it right away. And I just can't wait. And, and man, I wish I was like in like a time chamber where I just could be like, you know what? I'm gonna like play through Mario Sunshine, Galaxy One, Galaxy Two, like play through all these other ones before this comes out. Like that's how oh, excited I, I am. Yeah. Where I could just play those games right now instead of playing the new games just to like I know get me there. But you know, duty calls as, as exactly. A, man, I am. This is this is maybe as excited as I've ever been for a Mario game. I can that I can remember really. I, and I, I again, I, I don't think you are alone in that. It seems like. Uh, I don't know what it is. Nintendo just seems to be finding the ways to get that hype well, to the like the peak uh, for everybody. It's just this perfect. It's this perfect storm of they have the hot new system. Yeah, I mean it's it's Mario, so people always care for sure. But, but I mean, three D Mario's like are, are always in that weird place where like there's an audience right. that won't do, have anything to do with them. It seems like a lot of those people have gotten over the hump and are like, I'm here for this. Right. I mean, even you know Mario Three D World, like it's you know. I like it a lot. You love it. I love but it. it. It's it's weird that there's even a debate for like a main Mario game sometimes, right? Even though it's critically acclaimed, it doesn't right. seem like there's a whole lot of like affinity maybe out there for it. There certainly wasn't a lot of like hype when it was coming out. Absolutely. Like there is for this one. Yeah, it's it's night and day. It, it's a completely mm-hmm. different like attitude that the the general gaming public has about this game. That it just seems like it, it's going to be a monster um, this holiday, and probably for the rest of the Switch's life cycle, it's just going to be one of those games that just sells and sells. I think um, we'll see. I mean, 3D Mario's tend to not do as well as 2D Mario's, but we'll see. Um, Mike, well, this I, one also won't have a 2D Mario to compete with on that system, so that's something. Yes, yeah, not yet. Uh, I, I, I'm still very it's curious coming. to see how they're going to handle the 2D Mario. Uh, yeah, I hope it's not just New Super Mario Brothers Switch. I hope they do something feel, a little different. It, it feels like this knows. Nintendo knows it can't do that, but we'll see. I mean, Nintendo Sometimes always Nintendo does things point. that you think they should know not to do, like yep. it's uh, like the app, like the Switch online app. So. Um, speaking of do th- doing things you should know that you shouldn't do... Uh, how about spending $1,000 a year on Hearthstone? Mm. Is that something that sounds like could be in your future, Mike? Or are you just happy to spend $50 here and there? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would dispute this a little bit. I do think Hearthstone, yeah, so the whole point is that there's been a lot of kind of streamers and people coming out talking about how expensive Hearthstone has become and, uh, yes. for a free-to-play game. And they're right. It, it has been. It has gotten pretty expensive. Uh that's kind of what always happens with towards especially towards the end of these standard cycles. Mm-hmm. So Hearthstone and a lot of other card games work on this kind of mechanic where there's you know a few expansions a year, but you can't. It's not really feasible to expect everybody to catch up on four years worth of expansions. So 
expansions kind of are only eligible for like a couple years basically but it's not like oh this expansion is two years old right now we're going to discontinue it there's like a point yeah. in the day we're like all right every expansion that's older than this you're going to that it's out and when you kind of get towards closer to then and there's a lot of cards in the pool and a lot of expansions and all of a sudden you look at the decks that are doing well and you're like well i need this specific card from this set these five cards from this set and you can't just buy cards you have to buy packs and kind of hope you get lucky a bit or, or just get, uh, get enough dust to craft right that's the only thing that offsets it is you get dust but you don't get much dust no and if what you need is a legendary card you're going to need an awful lot of dust right so I, let, me, let me just kind of go over the headline here, and I'll let you actually kind of give the analysis. Um, sure. Basically, PC Gamer took what the, a lot of these streamers are saying and wrote a whole story basically saying, has Hearthstone become too expensive to keep up with? Um, the, the crux of the story is that uh, it costs a lot to maintain a full collection. Uh, the estimates say that, that it has now grown to about $1,000 a year to do this. This is according to PC Gamer's math. I, I didn't really show their work, so they get an F no matter what. Uh, but uh, they say when it started, when the game started, that it was closer to five hundred fifty dollars a year, uh, yeah. and and they also say it's not going to get cheaper anytime soon. Now, what, what I hear you saying is we're at the end of the standard cycle. They're going to lop off some of these older expansions, mm -hmm. and now going forward, well, once if, that happens, what do they, if, they, if they mean by if by full collection, they mean every card ever released, and of course it's going to get more expensive because <coughs> they're always making new cards. Let's assume. Uh, Let's assume, and we could throw out anything from the PC Gamer Store that we have to. Let's assume it's what you're working from, just the active standard collection that you need right now, and then mm -hmm. what, what you'll need after the like the new. Uh, you know, it might get more expensive just because each set has been having more legendaries lately because of weird little things they're doing, like introducing quest cards, which happen to be legendaries, or introducing death knight cards, which are legendaries. Um, you know, kind of the bigger problem is that. If you want to play Hearthstone, you're probably going to play Standard Mode, a Competitive Ladder, and so often, it really feels like only a handful of decks are super viable for being super successful. So that that's kind of the issue is that you need very specific cards. Like the, the like I don't know if the whole what what does it cost to have a full collection is a great um, way right. to measure these things. I don't think you're supposed to ever have a full collection. Yeah, that seems like a a one in. Like 500 people, maybe, are going to be the people that feel like they need to do that. Uh, that right. seems uh, it's high. Like my, my experience, and I'm able to make like a lot of the, the better decks and have enough dust to craft the legendaries I need. Mm -hmm. um, I will buy that $50 buy-in for every... A lot of times it is uh, given to me by Blizzard, but let's say that I spent $50 on it, so there's that mm -hmm. for every expansion. And then maybe on my own, like once a month, I'll spend $10 on packs for fun. So let's say every expansion I spend eighty dollars, right? Which you know it is kind of a funny thing to think that for a free-to-play game, spending more money than just what an actual game would cost on it three times a year. Yeah, that's why that's how it works. The the bigger issue where this becomes a problem is maintaining isn't too bad. Like I've been playing this game for a while. I've been there every expansion. So when a new expansion comes out, if I just have to worry about that, getting the cards in that expansion. Uh, I can save up gold from quests. I'll have I have a backlog of of dust that I can use to craft right. like the super good legendaries. I'm okay. The the big issue is it is very hard for somebody to be like, "What's Hearthstone? I want to try this out." Or even me, like to it. Even me, where I, I felt a golf. super lapsed player. Yeah, I lapsed forever ago, and like it, it's overwhelming to even think about like where to begin and how much money. Like I don't even want to consider it. Like it's it it causes me 
anxiety, I'd rather just ignore it and say, I'm not going to play that game ever again. That's way I easier. Think, I, I'm but not sure what the solution is. Um, but I, I mean, it Blizzard seems like the game's doing fine without me or without the person. Well, I mean, maybe, or, or is it not? at some point? At some point, you got to get new. I think it's doing fine, but at some point, you got to get new players in. I, I wonder if they could do something like you know how you know actual card games. You go to the grocery store; they always it's not just packs; they're selling decks. Right. Maybe they're not great decks, but they can kind of get you started. Um, you know, again, they can't sell the top tier decks because then you know, no one's going to buy packs. But something right. like that. But you buy. The, it feels just, like you can sell the deck where you slot in a few of those cards that are still rare. And this is a very competitive deck all of a sudden. It feels like they could do that still. I mean, people would still have to go out and buy decks and, and loot boxes and, and take, you know, or, or packs, I'm sorry, and take those risks. Uh, so it seems like it wouldn't hurt that, but people could onboard a lot easier. It makes a lot of sense to me. Like, wh what do you think is the hesitation? The hesitation is that they're worried it'll ultimately make less money than just having people mm -hmm. buy packs and hoping to get the cards they want. Do you think that they have a spreadsheet and like once the numbers like get over a line, <laughs> they'll be like, okay, here are the decks. Like they have like the switch ready to flip and they're just waiting for I it. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they have some sort of bigger I'm thing against it. The, the, uh, part of the problem too is that when Blizzard makes their decks for an expansion, like they, they basically have a system like that where they have recipes, right? So you if you have the cards, they'll have a recipe for a deck so you can build a deck out of the cards you have. And it's like, you know, Blizzard's idea of what, like, the deck for the expansion should be. And a lot of times they're not very good decks. Yeah, yeah that seems... So that might not idea. even really be that big of hell. So now you're spending, what, you know, $15 on a specific deck, and oops, it's garbage. Yeah. So that's not helpful either. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, I, I, I don't know if they're... They're not going to change anything anytime soon. Um, it'd be nice if maybe... Maybe if it was just... I think that the best and easiest fix would just be to give out more gold rewards for the daily quests, or maybe give better uh, dust rewards yeah. for uh, for duplicates. That would help a bit, but it, it might hurt the bottom line, and that might be the uh, the end of that train of thought. Well, speaking of bottom lines and not ending trains of thought, uh, the ESRB, uh, the ratings board for the video game industry, they do not see loot boxes as gambling. They are not going to fuck with that bottom line. They're not going to end that train of thought. Um, basically, I have a couple of quotes from like their statement about it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read these. Um, While there's an element of chance in these mechanics, the player is always guaranteed to receive in-game content, even if it's something they don't want. Uh, the other quote is, we think of it as a similar principle to collectible card games. Sometimes you'll open a pack and get a brand new holographic card you've had your eye on for a while, but other times you'll end up with a pack of cards, pack of cards you already have. Um, so they're definitely trying to say, hey, this is not slot machines. This is not the crap yeah. staple. This is Gachapon. This is Pokemon, the collector's card game. Uh, this is Magic the Gathering. Uh, so yeah. if you want to come at us, that... if you want to come at us with regulation... Okay, apply the same regulation you apply to the gachapon machine in the grocery store that gives out little capsules. Uh, we'll, we'll accept that, uh, but not slot machine gambling, which is people are pushing at that. Well, we'll get to that actually in another story. Yeah, I, everybody. It seems to be this reaction, this like part of this negative reaction to the way loot boxes are being handled, specifically in games like Shadow of War and in uh, Forza Star Battlefront Wars Two and Forza Bright. And yeah. I, I think it is maybe a bit too far, right? Saying these things, might yeah. be, you see, like a lot of these players are like, we want these things to be called gambling, because in their mind, if they do that, then they're going to stop. I yes, guess. that is exactly the, the thought process. That they people, if they're not just like suggesting that, people are flat out saying, 
if it's called gambling, then the laws of gambling will just apply, and then we don't have to worry about these things being in our video games anymore. People just flat out said that. That's not how it works at all. No, that's not how you know making laws works. So yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like we're, we're like, yeah, I think we can do a lot more damage than anything else. You know, again, with the whole loot box thing in general, you know, I think this thing's gonna play out a bit. I think we have seen the reaction that this stuff was probably going to get. I think that they were testing to see how far they can go with this stuff, and I think it's it's probably gonna be dialed back. Um, yes, I think I, we'll have a problem. And again, I'm still not too convinced, like just how pay to winny the Battlefront Two stuff's going to right. be. Right, it's hard to tell. Bit. It's hard to tell. I mean, that's part partly the problem here is that EA and Dice are being a bit dodgy, and they don't have the, mm-hmm. the communication out there to just say, "Here, here's what it is. Here's how." Well, it, yeah. Like very explicitly, it's not pay to win. Uh, but they definitely seems like they're trying to see how far they can push it. But it doesn't seem like they're actually pushing it that far. But at the same time, I don't want to have to like deal with this every time a, a, a new game comes out. I don't want to have to be like, all right, someone show me the chart. I, I don't want there have to be a uh, that that YouTube channel that like breaks down the graphics capabilities of every new thing. I don't want to have that for microtransactions in video. You know, like Digital Foundry for yes, exactly. Yeah. Like just like yeah, make it pretty standard. Make it either FIFA Ultimate Team where it is like pay to win, but that's the whole thing. It's just like Hearthstone, um, or make it. Overwatch, where it's just cosmetics, simple. And I just don't know why. I just don't know why they just don't make it Overwatch. It seems to be working well for that. Well, they want to see how much they can get away with. I think that's I what's happening. So. And but. they found out almost nothing if you try to push it too far. People are mm-hmm. going to freak out, and they are going to ask for regulation. People are freaking out. And we can just yeah. we can actually just jump in that story right now, so we can talk about this kind of mm-hmm. in a larger terms. Um, <clears throat> this is a story I wrote this week. Uh, the British Parliament is examining the loot box model in games. Basically, this guy in Cambridge went to his uh, member of parliament, the MP there, and said, hey, this shit's gambling. Uh, what are we going to do about it? And his MP says, I don't know. I'll go find out. And he's going to go ask the Secretary of State uh, for the UK, uh, the Secretary of State for like media and games, um, what their response is to gambling in video games. It's kind of how the question was put. Uh, and the, the dude that, that went to his MP in the first place explicitly said uh, that the reason he wants to do this, he wants to treat in-game loot boxes the same way as as slot machines are treated. Uh, this is, people are, the, the gaming industry, the, the, this is a person actually that works in games, and gamers are pushing this towards saying, hey, government, please regulate us and tell us what could be in games. Yeah, be careful what you wish for there. Uh, right, that's uh, how I feel too. I, 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 I want to say that this is where people would say, hey, Look, this is it is gambling, and neurologically, it does the exact same thing to you as gambling does. And there are vulnerable people and children who are going to hurt themselves and, and their families by, by participating in this. And I, and to that I say, I, I am very, I'm, I'm sensitive to that. I understand. I think it's actually fucked up if something is made explicitly to prey upon those kinds of people. Uh, but I, we haven't really seen the data to actually support the, the, this sort of moral panic that we're hearing. Yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't heard any stories about Overwatch loot boxes ripping a family apart. Right, and and at the same time, I like I, I could see with my own eyes how this is very different than traditional gambling. I I lost a lot of money gambling once, like playing online poker when online poker was legal. I lost like <laughs> nine, did like, you? Yeah, totally. I lost like nine hundred dollars, like back when you I would. shouldn't, when I couldn't afford to lose nine hundred dollars. <laughs> and <laughs> and <laughs> the thing that was happening was like I won, I won some money, and then mm-hmm. I lost that money. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to play till I get that money back, and then I'll quit. And I think I actually got pretty close, and I could have just quit at any time. Or I 
thought sure. I could have quit right. any time and I didn't. But I just you want like, to be ahead. Yeah, you want to keep pushing it because, like, yeah, of course, like right. I can make more money. That is just not possible with loot boxes. That does not exist. No, you just, and you that is the problem. Jets. I mean, unless you're crazy and there's very one very specific thing you want and you're just going to spend money until you get it. And even then, you would not, it's hard to imagine you would lose as much money as if you were just gambling at, like, you know, Caesars or something. Yeah. And I, I, mean, you know, I don't want to pretend yeah, like get, that's get never happened. Similar. I get how it's similar, but come on, it is different. Yeah, I don't want to pretend like that's never happened. I'm sure there are people, and I, I actually sure. people I pointed out examples like people have spent a lot of money on this stuff, money they didn't have, but that happens like all the time. And people say, "Hey, no, this is this is a system designed to exploit people, um, and and it shouldn't exist." And and to that, like, man, everything in capitalism is designed to exploit you and get right. as much money from you as possible. And at a certain point, we can't. Like we can't just ask the government to get rid of all of it, like because it, it it doesn't make any sense. And and on the other side of things, these loot boxes are doing a lot of good. Like the the all the yeah. maps in Star Wars are free. Like this new yeah, Star Wars uh, Battlefront Two, Battlefront One that's fucking kind of sucked. Think, people forgot everybody hated everybody hated map packs and Indeed, especially in Battlefront One. Like look at the comparison yeah. there. Battlefront One's map packs. Battlefront One was awful. Yeah, and it's like it had such little content at the beginning, oh, and they're oh, like, please pay us more money. Loot boxes. Over every, that any every day, day. every Absolutely. time, every time, and 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 it keeps those the people employed making that content employed for a lot longer. So it's almost like the video game industry could continue to exist as we like it as long as we make this little concession. Now, I'll say yes, we don't have to make every concession, and it is okay that people are getting loud because I actually yeah. think that is oh, the most know. that's the most efficient way towards battling this stuff, not going to the government, but maybe saying we're going to go to the government. So that the 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 companies say, oh, we're just gonna we'll regulate ourselves, we'll step back. You know what? We went too far. Next time, we're gonna like it's just gonna be cosmetics. Don't worry, guys. Just cosmetics. We promise. We promise. But even some people have a problem with that. That I do not get. It's like the people yeah. who have a problem with even Overwatch's loot boxes. Like yes, there are some people that have a problem with that for sure. I uh, I, I try I to get that at all. I try to listen to them. Uh, uh, Jim Sterling will say, well, it's like people say, oh, it's not part of the game. But what do you mean? It's in the game. It's part of the game. And oh, I, I kind of get that to a certain extent. I, once, but once it's like, well, actually, no, they continue to make new skins that they're just going to give like that. Like, what, what is it? It's uh, how long has it been since Overwatch came out? Like a year and a half. Uh, yeah, about a year and a half. And they're making brand new skins this month, and they're going to release them. And it, that, that's something that's not not going to happen if they're already working on Overwatch two, and they're trying right. to sell you all this other stuff. So it's not the same thing as like content that would already be in the game, and at the same time, it funds all these other things that we're getting for free from Overwatch. All the maps are free. Oh, that's all, free. The heroes are free. The, the heroes are free. are free. Everything else is free. It's fantastic. Yes. Somebody who like went through yeah all these other games, even Team Fortress Two, which slowly you know was fun at first, and it devolved into this weird you know hat economy. And it's hat economy, and like it was just hats, but it was alternate weapons with different properties. And it, even before they didn't have loot boxes, like you literally would just randomly get them sometimes. Right. Or then the Steam marketplace got involved, and then you were literally buying them. Like that marketplace was not good. Just getting this co cosmetics and these loot boxes, that's great. Yeah. It, it, you know what? And then I, I, I'll say, I kind of enjoy, you know, hey, it's events out. Look at these funny skins. Maybe I'll hold some of them. I, uh, you know I, I wrote a story about that for PUBG where 
I didn't. It was honestly, it was gambling. It was like me trying to get that skirt that was worth like three hundred dollars. You know, it's that, you're sure you're gambling because you're taking not, a chance. Right, you're, exactly. You're putting money, you're, well, you're paying money down for an uncertainty. Th- this is the other point. Uh, I was going to bring this up earlier, but we kind of got in a, a different tangent. Sure. The people say just calling it gambling and that's going to like bring in the laws to, to shut it down. It's like, honey, come on. Do you even pay attention? Like horse racing is legal in most states uh, and it's totally, absolutely 100% gambling. Sports gambling is often uh, a little bit more legal than just like slot machines. But like horse gambling, like horse racing, it, they're like, okay, we know people can't bribe horses. So we're just going to be okay with it. So not even all gambling is illegal in the way that these people think it will be illegal mm-hmm. if they just call it gambling. Uh, so like, yeah, okay. So what I did, I do think, uh, I think it was gambling, but like you can risk all kinds of stuff that are, that's valuable to you. You can risk your time. That's va- that has value. Uh, and I guess you could call that gambling. But I did that with PUBG, and I had a really good time trying to chase this skirt. By that, that's not a good term. I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying uh, to. I was no. trying to like earn this skirt. Because uh, if you know, who's HR adventure? <laughs> we don't have that shit. That's why do you think I'm still employed here? Um, and it was like I, I'm like I could play a few matches, try to earn a, a case, and then I could buy a few from the Steam Marketplace. Uh, and I never got it. But I was having fun, like it gave more value to the game. Like when I was actually playing, I was playing for something tan- like tangential, uh, or, or ta- you know th- that actually existed. Uh, that where I could apply it to maybe buying other games or stuffing or buying more loot boxes. And I, I could see it, and I spent like maybe like forty or fifty bucks, uh, maybe uh, maybe up to sixty. I didn't get it, but you know what? I got other stuff that I sold for like forty dollars, and I got a lot of my money back, uh, and it was fine. And then I didn't, I haven't spent any money on that game since. And again, you don't hear people talking about like spending their houses like they're not, they're not like wasting their mortgage on this kind of stuff. It's just kind of adds a little bit more excitement to this thing on the side. And we're also getting all the content for free, all the like the game critical content for free. Um, I'm just it's such a thing that I'm willing to exchange uh, for what we're going to get for it. I yeah, some games still some games still have their map packs, DLC and the loot boxes. And when people yell at those games, I'm like, go for it. Because they're clearly they're not like keeping up with the social contract that we've yeah. established. Um, Call of Duty isn't really; they're not going to have loot boxes. Right? I assume they're still going to. I think sell they. Maps. I think they do. I think they've had crates for a while, and it's all been. Oh, it's all, okay. It's all cosmetics, but then they're not using that money to fund free maps. So I think Battlefield's the same way. Um, Interesting. Those those games they they make too much money. Like they're 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 at a point where like they're kind of damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. At least with their shareholders, I, I think it's probably fucked up, but. Oh well, I, I'm not really playing those games, so I can. I'll be fine. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we have here? We got just a couple more news stories. Uh, just one more. Yeah, one I more. Talk about the Nintendo. Thing. Yeah, so Doom is coming out November 10th, uh, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be alone in terms of being a mature game on the Switch. But some games are, might be coming to the Switch that are mature in other ways, because uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. Nintendo is courting developers of adult-themed games, and when we say adult-themed, apparently it does mean like like adult in that way, where they're trying to get uh, like Sinran, Sinran Kagura, uh, and that uh, like the Galgun, these booby Vita what's that, games. What's that game? What's that series that was only ever on Vita? Where like it's like the boob boob Japanese girls that represent different video game consoles. Something that Tunya. 
Oh, Hyper Dimension, Hyper Dimension Neptunia. Neptunia. Yeah, totally. I guess that's on PlayStation 4. Like, is that stuff going to be on a... Yeah, is that's... that a Boopy game? Is that what you mean? I think that's what I mean. Yeah, I... I, I think I that's totally I never a really, Boopy game. I never really played these, but I think that absolutely oh, is neither, one. But, uh, um, not that I'm above it, mind you. Oh, no, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they check my Google search history. But, history, but yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I... It's weird, but it also seems very much in line with, like, Nintendo right now, where they are realizing that they can, like, sort of play horny a little bit and get away think, with it. I think that the Vita specifically has a lot to do with it. I think yes. that there are a lot of people who are making games for the Vita and the Switch, much much more so than anything from Sony, is kind of the Vita too. Yep. And I am full on full on board with that because I really liked the kind of weeb aspect of the Vita. <laughs> And I would love to see all that stuff just kind of transfer over to the Switch. It you know, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, what's weird here is, though, is, is that apparently the goal is to uh, attract grown-up game players in the West. So I wonder if, if they might try to, like, breach that, that like, you know, or, like, bridge that gap where it's not just booby gamers uh, in Japan, but, like, they're going to find ways to appeal to adult gamers in the West in some way. So it's not just sure. these very anime booby games. Maybe we'll we've seen Nintendo on these kind of things before right like you know having res uh having resident Evil 4 and uh, mad world man Eternal darkness on the gamecube mad world yeah mad th th there's always the wii is adult know, now always, it feels like every five years it's like they're putting an adult game on a town system like oh wow again but, yeah i i, I agree the, the, the thing that's different here is it does feel like the story is that Nintendo is going to developers and saying this instead of just it had, like Nintendo agreed to let Mad World on the Wii or right, or Nintendo randomly publishing Bayonetta 2 or something. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to go to a break. I'm going to crunch this paper up. Mike, I printed out the news this week. We're getting real. Oh, my God. We're real. I, I is, just want to do that. Is Nier Automata the horniest game of 2017? I mean, it, it's basically like... I'm throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there while you're ready for commercial. It's like a 30-hour upskirt like video, right? So, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, if it is, it's the best 30-hour 30, 30 upskirt video <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Like, yeah. Um, okay. If upskirts were an art, like you give you give that game the Oscar for best picture. <laughs> Stop. EA closes visceral games. Stop. That's right. We have breaking news. You heard it here first from Mike. Uh, okay, so what happened is... Oh, we're actually on. We're live. I was just trying to amuse you. I might, cut, I, might, I might cut that beginning part out. We'll see. It depends on how much I actually recorded of you. Um, if we got it all, we'll keep it all. So what happened is we recorded the podcast last night, and I still haven't posted them. I was going to do that, and then all this Star Wars stuff started happening. So, Mike, you wrote the news story. Why don't you tell everybody exactly what happened? So, EA made this blog post... Uh, Kind of a surprisingly blunt and honest blog post. Very where, surprising. Yeah, where they, they said that the EA Visceral Games Star Wars project, the one that was the Amy Henning one, and from Visceral Games, people who did Dead Space, um, they've been talking about this game for a while. They even showed a little bit of it off before. Um, they just said they straight up are completely like retooling the game, rebooting it, moving it away from Visceral Games. Closing visceral games, and Amy Henning appears to not be involved uh, anymore. They they won't they, they won't say exactly what's going on there. We'll get into that a little bit later. And the kind of surprising part is they basically they straight up say the reason this is happening is because, and this is a quote: in its current form, 
it was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. Throughout the development process, we have been testing the game concept with players, listening to the feedback about what and how they want to play, and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we needed to pivot the design. So very like pretty much is coming out saying this was shaping up to be like a single player narrative game that we couldn't really make money off of after we sold it. Right. And but we like have the, no we'd be able to we'd be able to sell like storyline DLC, but that shit Maybe. doesn't make money. Like, no, they, basically it wouldn't. And you know, they talk about fundamental shifts in the marketplace that very clearly means loot boxes, Grand Theft Auto Online style games as service stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I mean, the, the bottom line is that Visceral Star Wars game isn't coming out. Visceral Studios closed. Amy Hennig's future up in the air, as far as we know, still at EA. Um, let's let, let's actually start with Amy Hennig just to kind of get her out of the way, because uh, that's one of maybe the, the saddest parts of the story for me. Uh, yeah. She had a, a, a somewhat calamitous and dramatic exit from Naughty Dog that no one still understands exactly what happened. Um uh, and now it feels like she's having the rug pulled out from underneath her at EA. Like they right. literally just came and said, Hey, we're taking your baby away because it's not going to make enough money. Cause the market doesn't seem to be up for it. Yeah. It just really seems unfortunate because she's clearly super talented. I want to play her games. Uh, like at least the Naughty Dog thing worked out because the Charter 4 was still really good. Uh, again, we still don't know what happened there. It's still kind of confusing. Uh, and now, you know, this happened. I mean, she's been working on this game for a while. It's what she's been up to since she left Naughty Dog in it's 2014. Been a long time. Right. Yeah, it just yeah, it just feels like we haven't been able to hear from Amy Hennig in forever. And it, it's like not gonna change anytime soon. We haven't been able to hear from her. She's not allowed to talk about these things. Right. And now it's like she, you know, she like again, what either, either she stays at EA and works on a new project, so we don't hear from her a while, or she leaves EA, has to sign another like non-disclosure agreement, right. and we still don't hear from her for a while. So she's just like trapped in this like video game void right now. And yeah, and it it seems kind of unfair to her just the way that it's working out. Like right. she's and, you know, hired to do this one thing, she was doing it. Maybe, <laughs> excuse me, maybe there were problems with the project, and that made it easier for EA to like pull the plug on it. Mm-hmm. But still, it it, it seems unfair. Right. I mean, it's just it's just so crazy. I mean, this game's been in development for a while. It had to be somewhat far along, right? Yeah. I mean, they were, they were targeting late 2019 for this thing. So it still was a bit away. That, that, that was like fiscal year 19, right? Like, Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it still could have ended up in like 2018, I think is how that works. Um, uh, well, yeah. well, they said it launched late in fiscal year 2019. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like uh, it was still up in the air there uh, about how that game was ever going to work out. We don't know. It's not going to work out at, at all at this point. Um, I think the other thing to unpack here is um, I guess maybe just the fate of single player s- story driven games. Like, wh- right, how, are we, is, how do we yeah. end up here? Yeah. It's, I don't know. Cause I mean, it's been a narrative for a bit, right? Like that people that single player games don't make as much money, but people were still kind of making them and they would, you know, be successful sometimes. And, but. and to be clear here, we're talking about the top stratosphere of this, of this market, sure. the triple a blockbusters. Yeah. Cause obviously in indie, that stuff still was completely working there. In fact, it's much more feasible for them to do, but it's just, it's, 
like I said, this stuff has been happening for a bit, but it's bizarre that we're at a point where an EA can just straight up say, yeah, this game was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. The same way that other people would say, like, yeah, this game just wasn't really coming together. Like, right. they, they say it's a story-based linear adventure game, like, like it was an accident. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's turning into that. <laughs> <laughs> like, as if it's a calamity. Right, like, as if they're not control like, every step of the way. Like, it's not the thing, like... Like it's an it wasn't the reason they hired Amy Hiddig in the first place to make right. one of those, right? So it's like something that happened to EA and not something it did. Like yeah, these I mean it was it was blunt, but it was still very corporate speaking away, and that that maybe that was one of the ways that like it rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, but it, like it feels like what happened is is back in the 1990s, someone plugged a, a phone cord into a computer, and now we're here. Like it doesn't it feel like that? Like like that right. like like we just start like at that point it was inevitable that we would get to a point where software would have to exist like in a very permanent way online and grow and that includes game software. Like right. Microsoft doesn't make like isn't going to make a new version of Windows anymore. They're just going to make Windows 10 and they're going to update it forever. And now all games have to be the same way. Like th these are service companies now. Uh, right. And it, it, it was just, inevitable once they went online. Uh, it yeah, just, but it's clear, at the same time, it just—it's so weird. Like I just—I have a hard time comprehending it as someone who grew up alongside the industry. Right. And the two big shifts that they're talking about here are loot boxes, that Overwatch style thing that people are like right now having some trouble figuring out with how they're right. you know going to be in battle. For e EA included. EA. EA included. Right. EA yeah. included. And then the other one is Grand Theft Auto Online, which has turned Grand Theft Auto Five into. Was it the number two best-selling game last month or something like that? Yeah, something uh, like yeah, two or three, yeah. Right, so, yeah, like those two big things, right? And yeah, everybody and kind of wants to chase that a bit. And there, there are some other factors we can get into. Right, it, it, like, let's not, uh, you know, like, joke around here and say, oh, EA doesn't know what they're doing. Like, yeah, they're having trouble figuring out loot uh -oh. boxes with Star Wars. But they are making uh, more money than they have in quite a while. Their, their stock price is higher than it has been in years. I think it's the, actually the highest it's ever been by quite a quite a margin and they point to service-based games as the reason for that and fifa ultimate team madden ultimate team these are core to that uh their mobile games are, are all all feature this business model um so they know it works they're seeing the results and so when they say the thing like we are meeting the customers where they're at like they were like we're listening to, the, to their feedback i think part of that is you know our job is to see how you spend money on games and find way to sell you those things and you're buying loot boxes. Uh, you're you're like if we're, we sell you a full priced single player game, you, some of you were going to buy that, but a lot of you are waiting for it to go on sale. A lot of you are buying it used, or borrowing it, or renting it, or we're pirating it. it. Yeah, like there's a million options to like not have to pay that sixty dollars to, to EA. So like that they're like we can make more from a smaller group if we just do the loot box thing, and that seems to be what you guys want. That seems to be what your your spending habits are telling us to do. Uh, and that's kind of what it felt like they were writing in the, in the press release. Yeah, man. It's just, it's just like you, you get it from a financial point of view. You understand why it financially makes sense, but it is just, just depressing that. Yeah. Because I mean, I like these linear single player story based games. The idea that that model is pretty much kind of donezo, at least for third party AAA right. development. Right. Um, you know, we've seen, I've seen some arguments online, especially from uh, Daniel Ahmad, about, you know, because people are pointing to things like... Uh, a lot of Sony like, stuff. 
like a lot of Sony stuff or Nintendo stuff as like, you know, single player gaming isn't dead. Uh, there's two things there. One, which is this other point that those are you most almost all of them are also open world games. Yeah. And there's still that's still a different thing and an easier thing to monetize than a linear game. The other thing is that it's easier for a Sony or Nintendo to make just this single player game that people are uh yeah. you know can, can, can pick up once uh yeah play through it and that's okay because it's at least getting them into their system ecosystem yeah yeah and then they're more likely to spend money on other things or pick up new games and that money goes to them for a third party first off that money that you get up front part of that has to go to a nintendo or sega because of the licensing fees and then uh, and if you have a star wars license on top of that yeah. you have disney like a like like wanting to get its money, like you have to give Disney its cut, so you have to keep that in mind with every decision you make. It's got to make make the maximum amount of money, or else it's not worth it to have this license you're paying a lot of money for. So, like, there's yeah, there's a lot of things there. They they, they don't have the same benefits of a first party, and I, I would expect Sony um, and uh, Nintendo to keep making single player product games with you know light microtransactions here and there. We're like you know Zelda has DLC and stuff. Yeah, that's like the right. old model of games as a service, and that's going to keep changing uh, for everyone else. But Nintendo, like Nintendo, can release Mario Kart, and that Mario Kart game is going to sell through the the life of the Switch. Like they are only going to release that one Mario Kart game. It will always be sixty dollars, and it will always find an audience. So, uh, yeah, they're fine. It's it's everyone else that's trying to figure it out, and EA included there. Um, <clears throat> I'll say that it, it does. Like EA has this reputation, and it's earned at this point for being the publisher that buys buys a studio and shuts it down a few few years a few years later uh visceral here i think they might have always owned visceral i, I don't know maybe not uh visceral might have started independently um, uh visceral i think was it did have a name that was just ea something at some point i think i'll, I'll look into it now but you know it's bullfrog it's uh, there's a million other names that aren't going to occur to me right now but this has happened over and over um uh it feels like bioware if bioware like maybe has a few more bad games like it could happen, it could happen to bioware um, like well, you just yeah, never know. I look what Bioware is working on now—a a super games and service project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's um, so it, it's. I get why people are gonna see this and say EA is clearly in the wrong here. They're, they they are greedy and they just want to make money, so they're shutting down this game that people want. They're shutting down uh, the studio of Amy Hennig, who is this creator, this artist, and they're not gonna let her make this thing. Uh, but it it does feel like this is EA working backwards, and I think that's probably half the reason they wrote the, the PR message the way they wrote it to say we can't justify the expense of this game, um, you know, the, of a single player game anymore, unless we could find a way to put loot boxes in it. We couldn't do that with this one, uh, so this game just can't exist. Um, and, and at a certain point, I, I wonder if people start to like look at like the way that they are spending on games and maybe try to change it. But it maybe it also feels like maybe that's just uh that's too big of a thing. It's too big of an idea. People aren't going to look at it that way. They're just going to look at e- how EA is bad. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Again. And again, I, I understand monetarily why it makes sense, but it's just, it is just depressing. And there's still part of me like you, you couldn't make somehow find money to make this really good and excellent narrative driven star wars game while you still have your games as service star wars games right you still right. have whatever response working on i'm sure it's gonna be some kind of a shooter thing you still have uh you know the battlefront it's not like there's not going to be a battlefront three in a couple of years right in the, in the games here. so it's just you know man I, 
it's just because this is the second false start now for like an uncharted like Star Wars game because there was that uh what was that that it was the name was a bunch of numbers but it was supposed to take place in like the underworld of Coruscant right remember that game they showed off like a big tech demo of it at E3 and it was a big mm-hmm. hit and then that one was canceled and now you know same thing with this one uh it's like it's just not meant to be or something yeah uh I, I'll say that it, I, as far as I understand it the um respawn Star Wars game is untouched. It's still going to happen. Uh, but you get the feeling like, oh, th- yeah, probably because that's going to be a service-based game. They'll figure out a way to do that. Um, the, the new game is now going to be at EA Vancouver, I think, right? Um, yes. Yeah, I think that's right. <clears throat> I feel I feel like that studio is either new or they were previously working on the Garden Warfare games, uh, the Plants vs. Zombie games. Um, so it'll be see. interesting to see how they how they split that up. But like that, that's a studio that might have some understanding about how to do loot boxes. So I, I think maybe that's why, why, why it goes there and why you just shut down visceral. It just makes like, yeah, it's like, Oh, it makes more sense. We're not going to teach this studio how to make this, this type of game that actually makes us money. We'll just shut them down and go to this other studio we already have. So <clears throat> it's a, it's, it's shocking. It is kind of bold that EA just comes out and does this and pulls off and like rips off the bandaid and just gets it over with. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, I feel like the industry doesn't really know how to get through this, this path, like this little microcosm we're in right now, where they see a way to make a ton of money, like right over there. And they have an audience of really hardcore gamers that, that will, that do play those things, but it doesn't ever seem like the thing that they're the most passionate about with like, you know, as a whole, like, you know, I mean, like, a, as a wider gaming community, we don't ever hear how, oh, I can't wait for the new FIFA for FIFA Ultimate Team. It has its its smaller uh, community mm-hmm. off to the side, and they just exist on their own, it, it, you know, in a silo. Um, maybe Overwatch is one of those ones that bridge the gap, but it's rare, it seems like. So it, you, just don't, you, just, you just don't feel passion. Right, that's what I'm saying. From, from, from both sides, from the people making them, right. from people buying them. Like, like, like the Shadow of War, I think, is a good example. It's a game that came out. Uh, it's got like an 80-something Metacritic. You know, some people seem to be enjoying it. There's a lot of criticism, but no one seems to love it, right? Right. Like, and maybe, I mean... The- like it's not a game that people are... Is it a game people are going to talk about 10 years? And and that's the thing. It's just all these games, these AAA kind of safe bet, they're, they're just beginning to feel the same. It's like they're making the same three games, and yeah. one of them is Assassin's Creed. And that's what I kind of feel like this game's going to turn into is probably something more of an Assassin's Creed model with some kind of loot boxy thing in yeah, it. These like multiplayer component and they try to throw in a Grand Theft Auto online, similar thing there. Uh, and because uh, <coughs> to hear that they're going to try to make it a destiny, right? Cause that's the other one of the three games you can make. Now you can make mm-hmm. a call of duty, you can make a destiny or you can uh, make a uh, Assassin's Creed. And, and at a certain point, if you're not the one like spearhead spearheading those you know, flavors or those genres or whatever, it often comes across that it feels like you're making a game to sell loot boxes. Uh, you, people were always making games to make money. Like we, we all understood that that made sense. Uh, but like when it's a product and you just buy it and you have it, uh, there's a, this dance. I think we were all used to where it's, you know, they put out the magazines with, you know, the, the screenshots in the magazines and then they put it online and they have the videos and the commercials and the marketing and they'd have to sort of woo us and convince us to be hyped for these things and buy them. Um, now it just seems like they're 
they're putting out these games because like, okay, we know we're gonna finally like some audience, and it's all about getting the the like the two percent of players that have a ton of money and like loot boxes and like that the gambling aspect and like taking risks uh, and maybe getting something out of it and really hit hammering them. Uh, where we are just like everyone else is just sort of this cloud in the background to make the game feel uh, like like it like make make it feel real for the people that are spending the money on those microtransactions, uh, while the rest of us are just like this. I don't know. This is just like everything else. It's fine. It's clearly made with a lot of craft. A lot of people that know what they're doing, uh, but it's not wowing me in, in ways that games used to, uh, which I think. Uh, why we get so excited for something like Super Mario Odyssey that looks like it's going to just blow our minds in every new way with all these different ideas. But, um, like, those games are, are rare. And I, 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 like, I hesitate to say this is, like, the publishers, um, like, just doing this because like, they're just after money. It feels more like they're just so, so afraid of risk. And I, I think the last thing I'll say about, about this is that we could see like maybe the risk is higher than it ever has been. Uh, games that come out and don't find that passion, like Agents of Mayhem, like there've always been games like Agents of Mayhem, those middle tier right. B class games that you know people, no one was really in insane about. But I, I've been following the NPD charts for years now, and those kinds of games, several years back, would have always made at least the top ten on the month they came out, no matter how busy the month was. In August, there was almost no competition. And Agents of Mayhem was 16 on the list, mm -hmm. uh, and that that sort that level of failure for a game these days is just not acceptable, and it's something we haven't seen before. And games that are are bigger than that, Prey and Dishonored 2 and um, uh, The Evil Within 2, all these games coming out that they, they seem to be flopping as well. Um, that publishers aren't going to be able to justify taking those risks, and I think that's where they're at. And that's why I think EA says, no, we have to stop this now or else we're going to pour a bunch of money into this and take a huge risk and we could lose just so much that it's not even worth it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah. And it's just, it's just weird because it's, again, linear single player games, at least in the AAA, like we have indies picking up a lot of slack and just in diversity in general. And that's, that's really kind of the bummer here is that just all these games are really feeling the same. We have Indies pick up that slack, but you know, the idea of these uncharted like experiences, except for literally Naughty Dog, it's it's like we're not gonna get a lot of those. There's still gonna be single player games, but they definitely are not they're not gonna be uh on that level. It, it's weird that the idea of a story based linear game is kind of um, the monopoly of one studio of a Naughty Dog. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Nintendo if they do something where even Nintendo games aren't necessarily like that. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just it's bizarre. It is. Um, I, do you get the sense that maybe we haven't heard the end of this this very specific story? Like, uh, even, even if it's just in regards to Amy Hennig or EA's entire relationship to the Star Wars brand um do you feel no, like because if, if there was dirt i feel like they would have been less uh, less clear about these kind of already sort of icky reasons <laughs> at least icky in terms of like telling actual consumers about it right being so blunt about it like normally they would just be like oh you know this game wasn't working or we're moving to the studio or uh what have you so right. the fact that they kind of told us what would be wrong unless they're really trying to throw us off the scent of some real ickier thing uh, i don't know i think they're they're being surprisingly honest about why 
Yeah, and even if it's not icky, just like they like the fallout is still gonna like come. Like there's still more to come. I don't know. I I just I don't know. Like what other like what what would be another game that would have not a necessarily fate? not necessarily maybe. another game, but just like uh, but like the. Like the way EA works with Disney, like maybe there are problems there. Like maybe Disney is getting frustrated with something for some reason. I I, I don't know. Well, Disney like, has like just problems with licensed games. Well, I mean, just like look at it this way. Look at it this way. Um, look at how Kathleen Kennedy has dealt with directors on the Star Wars movies. And what if what if they're what if they feel that way about EA? And the but the way that this deal works, it's a little bit harder to be like, okay, getting rid of EA and we're bringing in this other director that we actually trust. Um. Is there yeah, something I, to I guess I haven't really thought about what Disney thinks about this. Hey, you were making a game for a couple of years. Why why is it suddenly a thing? Why are people saying bad things about uh about you guys on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, why are you getting voted um, the worst company in America again because of the, how you treated Star Wars games? I think but, Disney's probably more concerned about uh, you know, the the revenues, and I think that EA is able to make a good argument yeah. with them about how this is going to make them X more dollars. That might and be exactly. Have, right. I mean, who like who else is Disney going to go to? Uh, yeah, the only other options, you know, you have the other big studios uh, or themselves, which every once in a while they do that, and that never really works out too well mm-hmm. for them. So, yep. Um, oh well, I, just a thought. Um, I I think we could probably throw it back to. Uh, I think we're going to go to the break from here. So uh, I'll have to edit this into the podcast and post it up so everyone is listening now. Yeah, oh, it's God, just, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's like, I was just, I was violently upset by this at first, just because, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's like you have to appreciate bluntness, but it was just so, it's just so hard to literally hear, hear an EA say like, yeah, we just really don't want to, even though this game was like halfway done, we like just don't even want to release something like this anymore. It takes away the hope, right? It takes away like yeah. this, this sort of veneer we've put on everything where we're like, well, yeah, that maybe that's going to come in the future, but it's not here now. And EA came out and said, it is here now. We are making decisions about what games we make and don't make based on these factors. And and that is going to cause, right now, it's going to cause games to get canceled that you want, that you're excited about, that we thought we could make. And no, we can't. We're admitting right now we can't make this game and make money. Uh, we have to go this other route that, that everyone else is kind of, you know, crying about. It's, uh, yeah. it's I mean, kind of a very clear like picture that. of what EA games are going to look like for the next few years. That's for sure. That's right. I think you're right. Um, okay. Uh, thanks. Uh, th- you know, podcast was a little bit late because of this, but I'm glad we were able to get this in there. So thanks everybody. Uh, and back to the normal show. Uh, I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, we already did the ad at the beginning. We don't think we have to do it at the middle. So, uh, I, let me see. How do we do this? I think I might just hit this button. It'll play a little music. <laughs> oh, no, not that button. And I'm going to hit this button. Jeff, crazy. No. I'm going to do it. That's like, that's cool. All right. It's a break. No, I'm dead. You pushed the kill me button. We don't have I'm to like. dead man. Like, wow. we don't have to do a full break. We just go into this because you got it up in front uh, of you, right? You already loaded it. Like the I'm awesome here. games done quick. All right. All right. All right. Uh... All right, Mike, we're back. Yo, we're back. <laughs> so, yeah, so pretty quick. So, me and Jeff, we like, we like our speed runs. We do. Uh, and Games Done Quick, which is a charity event that's run twice a year. Um, they have week-long marathons. Sometimes they do a, a little bit extra if it's 2017 and the whole world is on fire. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they got in that, like, when Houston happened, man. And things hadn't stopped since then. That's right. They really have not. But uh, they're... They're going to do their like official thing that they do every year. Awesome games done quick yeah. is the winter version, right? Uh, yeah, this yeah. is the one that typically benefits the. Uh, I think it's the 
it's a cancer foundation. Yes, so uh, like prevent it. prevent cancer center or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so and they re they haven't released a schedule, but they released the list of games that's going to be on it. Uh, and to start, there is a bit of a controversy with an omission being no Super Metroid, which is that's not so only is it kind of the mother of speedruns because it was one of the first games that the really mother brain of, of speedruns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of encouraged you to beat it fast, but it, it sort of became a staple of games done quick because of this bidding war. Or donation war, if you would, That's right. where you would there, there'd be a lot of incentives during these marathons, like donate yeah. to name Cloud in Fantasy Seven. And one of the most popular ones is at the end of Super Metroid, when you're running away from the exploding planet, you can either run into this room and save these random animals, or you could not. And the argument is like, oh, save the animals, it's cute, haha. Or no, don't do that. It takes up time. It's a speed run. Right. Kill and the this, animals. Save the frames. Like yeah. that. And. Mm -hmm. And this, it, yeah, this 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 single like thing dominates like the entire week with the donations. Usually. Yeah, so people when people donate, they get to leave a message, and then they can also say like, "I want to donate my money towards this one incentive." And a lot of times, the message will be like, "Hey, uh, I, I really love what you're doing. My my grandfather had cancer. Uh, let's let's beat this thing. Also, kill the animals. Like it'll be like mm -hmm. that. You know, that happens the entire week um, because Super Metroid is like this really popular game." And it's not there, uh, and people kind of freak out a little bit. Yeah, because it's like I said, they do this twice a year for years now. It's always been there. No Super Metroid. I, I kind of I, I get both sides of it, where it's like you know we've done Super Metroid a bunch. We we don't have to do it every year. Uh, but you know what? Just, I feel like I don't know. I feel like they Super waited Metroid too long. And... They wait if they were going to do this. If they were going to like. If they were going to not have a Super Metroid at one point, it yeah. feels like they should have done this a, a couple of of runs back. Uh, I mean, and pull the band-aid off. I mean, they're doing right. that now. They're pulling the band-aid off now. It just feels weird at this point where there's a lot of people who are far more casual about the speedrunning space like myself. And I come and I expect like these certain things where it's like these are, these are touchstones where I can like – I can grab hold of these things and I completely understand them even though I'm very I'm a, much a, a foreigner in this land. Uh, so at least, but at least I understand kill the animals, save the animals. I, I have a hook into the space now and I can feel welcome yeah. here and, and like I belong a little bit and now I'm going to feel it, a little weird because I'm like, there's going to be a lot more of these things that I don't understand and I can't, and it's going to maybe be a, a longer time between references that I'm getting. Uh, so I, that's a risk that they're taking. It is. I, I feel like, you know, sometimes they try to like make these really intense categories. And I guess it was, I, I missed the Metroid run last time. I guess it was this issue where it was like a four person race. And it was this really difficult category where if you make a mistake, you're basically just done. Mm -hmm. It happened to like three of the four people. It was kind of awkward. So like that was one of the arguments, but it's like, you know what, just, just throw in a, just whatever, any percent yeah. super Metroid run. Was it going to take thirty minutes? It, it's always fun. It's always a fun run to watch. People always like it. It's just you know, I don't know. Like I, I, I get it. I get both sides. Like yeah, we don't need to do it every year, but it's also like you know, you're doing this for seven days, twenty four hours a day. You can maybe fit in Super Metroid at the end for because everyone makes this happy. But yeah, I'm a. Uh, I, I I agree. I I'm with you where it's like I I see both sides. Uh, but. We do have the list of games. Uh, actually, let me click on it real quick and then move your camera mm -hmm. back. Um, what is going to be the replacement? Like, what is going to be the thing where we're like, okay, uh, this is going to make up for what? We, like, well, no, su no Super Metroid. Let's go through it. Well, we can try to figure out what the finale is going to be because Super Metroid hasn't been the finale. It's always been kind of second, like right. second to last. 
these are like the last like finale games have been what earthbound uh was like the last one i think or yeah super mario rpg might have been one not too long ago so let's look at let's look at this and see some of the uh just some of the highlights that we're uh really looking forward to i mean yeah you do have symphony of the night this year and that's another one that's kind of yeah that's right, uh, right there with it but it's just not quite as iconic right. uh, and it's, but a it's very right. it's a it's a very weird run it's zero bosses so i assume that's gonna be uh a pretty glitchy run. I real quick though, I want to say, man, I love I love games done quick. Starting with 007 oh. Agents Under Fire for the Nintendo Wii. Like I was gonna, I was going to say something about it. I was like, maybe I shouldn't because I no, don't know if people like that game as much as I do. But I, I loved I, Agent Under Fire. I don't I don't remember it at all. I think I played it. I don't uh, remember it at all. I just love that. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this thing on and they're gonna be playing this Wii 007 game, and like I'll be able to like just see someone who understands it completely. And I, I don't know. It, it just seems so like something I would never uh, otherwise get, except for games done quick. So, yeah, I just I just love that. But uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, Symphony of the Night. What else is there? Um, so I kind of like when they run uh, just like foreign RPGs. We do have a Final Fantasy IV run. Any percent? No CW. Whatever CW means. So that's that's gonna be a two hour and fifteen minute run. I'll tell you what. I've been uh, pretty intense lately. I've been watching, it wasn't even in a game so quick. It was a Shin Megami Tensai event. Somebody did a final, uh, Persona 4 Golden Speed run. It's about 11 hours oh long. Oh my God. I was going to say. Just, I, I'll probably finish it tonight. I've been watching it like kind of a little <laughs> bit here and there in bed for maybe uh, three weeks now. That's cheating, Mike. You have to do it all at once, man. Yeah, do it all and at once. Like, like, I love it. That, there was, gosh, there was, I forget it was the last one or the one before. But they just had a Final Fantasy VII speed run, and it's that's a long speed run. It's like eight hours, and it was like sometimes these RPG speed runs are kind of hit or miss because you know they're they're not very exciting. Those guys just made that speed run so interesting because yep. they did a great job explaining what's happening, but they also like did a sincere uh, kind of story capping as they were going. Well, a lot of times people play these games, they, they almost act like they're too cool <laughs> to right. care about the story or to let us know. Uh, and these guys are just like, yeah, here's what's in the story, and they would they'd be very sincere, like this is a very touching moment, and I like it a lot. I can uh, <laughs> I like, can yeah. really appreciate that. Like I really like uh, when anything like that happens during Games Done Quick because it's just a uh, the a lot of these games you might have played them and you might vaguely remember them, but to get that recap and from someone who clearly loves it, like it's like a really good way to re-experience it without having to go back and invest all your time into it. Um, let's see. So what, what else? Another one I'm looking forward to is Kirby Canvas Curse, um, which was the uh, DS game. It's going to be the Wii U Virtual Console version of it. That's going to be eight percent. I man, that was the game that sold me on the DS. Yeah, that that I was going to say that is the DS version, right? Because it's Virtual Console. Uh, that game is incredible. I an hour and fifteen minutes for that. That's really kind of longer than I would have expected. But I guess yeah. it, it moves well, very slowly. You can't, you can't cheat it, right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's uh, very exciting. Uh, you might be interested in this uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga Wii U Virtual Ooh. Console version of the Game Boy Advance game. And you percent one hour and thirty five minutes. That yeah, seems pretty that. short for that game. Yeah, that does. That's uh, pretty short. Yeah. So this is what I'm really looking forward to: Mega Man One through Three Relay Team Race. So it looks like there's four teams, and each of them have like three people on it for like yeah. each of the games, and they're going to just play Mega Man One, Mega Man Two, Mega Man Three. I think they they did something similar. So, not too long ago, Donkey Kong Country Trilogy, but this is going to be Mega Man 1 through 3. Uh, it's going to take about an hour and 30 minutes. I am super pumped for that. Uh, all The races are are always interesting, and this seems so perfect for this. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. 
Yeah, one of the one of the kind of bummers for me in the last one was there weren't a lot of classic Mega Man games. So that's mm -hmm. this is cool. And we still have you still have a, a three-way Mega Man X race, any percent. Uh I, you know me. Like, you know what I do like this year is there there hasn't been a whole lot of Metal Gear Solid at these events, it feels like. So we're getting the PC version of Metal Gear Solid uh one, any oh, wow. percent extreme mode. And then the P PS3 version of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, European Extreme. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I have to find out what European Extreme means. So It's the hardest difficulty. I forget okay. why it's called European <laughs> Extreme. I, I think the game was just the least harder there. I'm pretty sure it's the hardest difficulty, but yeah, it's uh, super hard. Um, so there is, there, there's no Super Metroid, but there is just Metroid. All bosses, Warpless. That'll be about 30 minutes. And we're also getting Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. I think that, that's gonna that be, could be cool. That would be a whopping 2 hours and 35 minutes. Man, that's a, that's beefy for a, a Metroid mm -hmm. a, a Metroid speedrun. Those are usually pretty short. I didn't know Metroid Prime 3 was that. Uh, forced you to like take that long to beat it. So uh, here's the one I'm really, really looking forward to. This or in the Blind really, Forest yeah. Definitive Edition 4-player. This is becoming a staple pretty quickly. Yes. Which isn't surprising at all because, you know, Ori was, was so great. This is all skills, no out of bounds, and then no TA. I, I don't know what TA means, yeah. but I do know the one time I watched an Ori speedrun, I was kind of disappointed because they were using this trick a lot where you kind of just closed the game and restarted it to skip a lot of cutscenes and things. <laughs> so I wonder if that's what it means. It probably does. It probably means something else. Yeah, but, I, 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 I don't uh, like a lot of those tricks, so uh, I, I hope it kind of sticks in within the, the bounds of the yeah. game. But 35 minutes is still pretty quick, so we'll see. Yeah, so here's one of the longer speed runs. It's Pokemon Black and White 2. It's going to be about 3 hours and 30 minutes long. Pokemon games are always good at these things. Um, yeah, they're always interesting. Those yeah. in like the Diablo games, they're doing Diablo 1 that was earlier, so uh, that could be pretty interesting. I uh, like... It, it like it is a bummer that Super Metroid isn't there, but then you do get games like Prey 2017. Like, all right, this game just came out, and someone's already going to have it beat in 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, that, yeah. Especially a lot of those like newer first-person shooter games are just so many like out of bound. Glitches yeah. And stuff yeah, and it's like weird. you know it's an immersive sim, so I'm sure there's like a lot of really weird tricks they can do, but uh, I bet it will be a lot of out of bounds. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. So there, there are just a lot of fantastic Mario games that are going to be run at this. Uh, Super Mario 3D World, any percent, about two hours. I actually watched um, a run of this game not too long ago. It was super fun. That seems like a game that would be just ex like very entertaining to watch. Uh, yeah, because I mean it's also like one of the the only HD Mario platformers. So it's going to be gorgeous. And then yeah, to see them kind of take it apart, it'll be very cool. Mm -hmm. Two hours, man. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, super excited for Super Mario Galaxy. This is kind of surprising. Any percent of Super Mario Galaxy is two hours and forty five minutes Whoa. long. Any percent in that game? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm surprised that any percent for three D World is like two hours long, and then Galaxy is almost an hour longer. Right. So then you uh, Super Mario Land two six golden coins any percent get glitchless. That'll be about thirty minutes. Super Mario Land two. I don't know. If there's ever been a bigger jump. And quality, like between two yeah. games, Mar <laughs> Super Mario Land One, which yep. like felt like a calculator game, <laughs> to Super Mario Land Two, which just felt like a Mario game. Yeah, fantastic. That's actually uh, a good game. Super Mario Sunshine 120 shines three hours and fifty minutes. I've seen this one before. It's great. It's it's not quite as good as the 120 Star Run Super Mario 64. Uh, part of, part of the problem is that Sunshine has like a lot of cutscenes in the beginning, which kind of mm -hmm. slow it down a bit. But yeah. Uh, Super Mario World Race, no cape, no Star World. That's forty minutes. Uh, Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island. This is one of the best speed runs you can ever watch. Yoshi's yeah. Island oh, is yeah. so much fun to watch. This is four people, any percent warpless race. 
So pretty, so kind of like uh, just you know beat the game. Not don't collect all the red coins. So that would be cool. Another nearly two hours. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you have a bit of a Zelda block. They're just going to play the original Legend of Zelda 100%. No up A race. I don't know what up A means. I assume it's a glitch of some kind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, well, good. there is one where you can just like go through the walls if you hit like up yeah. and A at the same time. You know? yeah. Breath of the Wild is coming back. There's some controversy last time with it because like apparently the community quote-unquote agreed on the Discord that no one was going to run it and then like somebody went rogue and ran it and everyone got mad. So I don't know, but this time man. there's a there's a yeah, it was kind of a stupid controversy yeah. again. Games are quick controversies, man. <laughs> right, I, I love them. They're so petty. Uh, Breath of the Wild, though, this time all main quest, Ooh. no amiibo. I love that that has to be a category. Uh, yeah, like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, that that's like that. I love <laughs> the way that they get just break these things down to that. Oh, it's so good. Because <laughs> amiibo would help so much, really. Yeah, for no, absolutely. And they're just like, man, no, no, the amiibo's cheating. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, this, I think it's, I, I'm the most excited for this one. Four, Four hours, about. really long, uh, all main quest. It's a long game anyhow. It's not 100% because, like, that's so what, insane. Uh, but this is, like, that's manageable. Like, four hours, like, that's not even as long as the Ocarina of Time 100% run. So. so so what do you think are the main quests? Getting the four, like, yes. shrine things. What about, I, I look, some other things. Can you I think talk to there's like an actual. You have to get the master sword. Is that a main quest? I think that's. I think there's a legit. Like it's broken down into like side quest and main quest, isn't it? Mm, and there's I like think a, you're right. the yeah. top list is main quest. So and I think master sword was up there. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Um, so it'll be the, the four dungeons, the master sword. I think there's a few other things that are in there. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. So th- that might be finale quality, but I think this next one might actually be the finale. Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, one hundred percent. Four yeah. hours and 30 minutes. That will be... Uh, is that the longest one? Cool. It seems to be, I think, that you don't have anything as... You don't have, like, a Final Fantasy... Well, you have Final Fantasy 4, but, like, not, like, a PlayStation Final Fantasy. Right. That's really long. Uh, then, kind of towards the end here, some other uh, interesting ones. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X. That was the Xbox... This is Xbox... Oh, so they're running the Xbox game on Xbox 360. Because that was an Xbox... Not I'm about to say Xbox One. Original Xbox yep. launch title. Uh, so yeah, I, the, this one is of the a better just, ones other than Halo. I mean, yeah, Warcraft 3 Reign of Chaos, the human campaign. You don't see a lot of RTSs run, so that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. Uh, and then uh, Ukulele, which is a new game, it's interesting. Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Oh, this one's that's... this one's cool Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap, which is a metro, like one of the earliest Metroidvania games. This is the remake that came out on Switch not too long ago, 80% easy. That's Metroidvania, yeah, it's I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, you should play it. I actually yeah. really liked it. It was okay, really interesting cool. to play it. It, it has one of the best, um, you know, the, those games you can, like, switch between the new and the old graphics. Like, this one does it, like, flawlessly to the point where if you, like, there's, like, an Easter egg where you get push it while it's doing it and make it stop, like, at certain points on the screen. Oh, wow. Okay. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. For a game as old as it was, it aged really well. Yeah, it's one of those games where it's like, I'm like once I get, like, a free $15, I'll just get it on on switch i'll just buy it yeah so i'm still planning to do that although that list is starting to get very long on this yeah switch. oh yeah it's game notes yeah. so yeah it's um so like it's, what what don't we see here besides Super Metroid? uh i guess it was a little too early for metroid samus returns huh although yeah part of me was like really excited to see that game run it's at some way right, that's a bummer i i mean it's gonna be like some of the games from this year like that like um yeah uh I, like steam world dig 2 i would have liked even steam world dig 1 um even there, heist, there is- honestly well, there are a couple interesting new things. Splatoon 2, 
the campaign's getting a run. And you know what else is getting a run? Star Fox 2. Yeah, I saw that. That is really cool, actually. Uh, that, uh, on that, Classic. Yeah, yeah like, that's got to be really short, right? Like, not even 30 minutes. No, that. it's 45 minutes because it's expert mode. So oh, it's, okay, it cool. might be a full thing. That might be really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be very hmm. cool to see. Um, uh, I, 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 there's nothing really, like, like glaringly missing other than Super Metroid, which I'm mean, getting all the attention. Uh but I'm I'm happy with this list. Like I think I might be more happy with. I I feel like there was more hits for me on this than there were for Summer Games Done Quick. Right. I mean, yeah. There's there's not. I mean, there's no Mario 64, but you have so many other great right. 3D Mario games that that's fine. Right. That's kind of the problem sometimes with Super Metroid is that there aren't a lot of other 2D Metroid games really. Um, like you know, you, you have you have Fusion. You, you don't even have Fusion or Zero this time. You just have the original Metroid. Right. So it is a pretty light on the Metroid event. Right, I feel like if they would have uh, snuck um, uh, Samus Returns in there, people would be a little bit less. Well, there's also there's there are also the the incentives right for bonus games. It would not be surprising at all if Samus Returns ends up being a bonus incentive. Yeah, because I think I, that's what Breath of the Wild was at yeah, that last event for sure. So it wasn't announced right away. So Samus Returns could actually still show up for sure. I wonder how the, like that the, might actually be kind of long, a longer run because you can't really skip things like you can in Super Metroid. At least it doesn't seem like it. Like, you have to at least beat the, the, the Metroids to progress through those areas. Isn't it strange how, like, like the Discord community thing has bubbled up to the point where a community around, like, speedrunning a game can feel like they can declare that no one's gonna speedrun a game at, at Awesome Games Done Quick this year or whatever? Yeah, I, a little I, weird. I, it's, it's just, it's, I mean, it's not like, I don't know, it's scandalous or anything. It's just strange, like, how much people feel so tight-knit and like so connected to their community that they will feel like they could decide that for everyone else in the community yeah that's kind of strange i, but, I get yeah, it man. yeah me, and me too i mean if they're, they're they're that into it for sure it's just uh yeah like one guy's like no, i'm gonna do it it's weird it's it's fine to make your rules but i think it was kind of weird to like get right. upset about somebody breaking your makeup rules right yeah and it's just strange that they you can feel like you can get to that point where you can make that rule in the first place yeah mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is uh, when? It's January something? What is it, Mike? Yeah, it's I forget exactly when. It's uh, the event info. Uh, there's not a whole lot there. So, yeah, it's at some point in January. Oh, January 7th through the 14th. So, yeah. This, where where is it this year? I, uh, I'm so uh, disappointed. The first year I moved to Denver, oh, they like were holding it like right when I was moving into my house. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I'll just go the next time they're here. And they haven't been back since. It's at Herndon, Virginia. Let me see how far away that is from me. Yeah, I should check that out. Do, 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 from Youngstown, Ohio. You should, got, you, should ask, like to to... you should go and ask if you can read donations. It's only, it's only a five-hour drive. That's about as close as it's going to probably get to me, actually. That might be worth it. Might be worth the trip. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, maybe it's we'll actually not too far. That'd be really Ooh. cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Ooh. Okay, everybody. I think that's going to do it for us. Um, clearly. Do they have press passes? I, I bet they have, like, maybe not press passes, but, well... They probably will let you. I want to be treated like I'm special. Well, you, you're special, yeah. And uh, you're going to go in there, and you're going to take away all the hard games. You're going to say no, it's too hard. You shouldn't <laughs> be allowed to play that. That's not allowed. Oh I'm no, just... these are going to be the same people, aren't they? They might just not. Not, like... not necessarily all of them. Some of them are. Maybe... They'll like me when they know me, though. Totally. Yeah, like, got... Well, you we're not. We're not talking about you, Mike. But yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're one of the good ones. Yeah. Why don't you actually meet the people that also those those boys are kids? It's right. like in cars. When when Lightning McQueen says he hates rusty cars, and then Mater is like, "What's wrong with rusty cars?" Because he's all rusty, and then Lightning McQueen's like, "Well, not you, Mater. You're my friend." 
It's exactly what I was thinking of the uh, the great <laughs> yeah. Pixar Disney film Cars. That's uh, it all comes hey, back. You to said that Cars Disney. three. Cars three is not bad. I have not seen Cars three. I, I think I'm <laughs> I'm a bit too upset by the uh, the the contention of that world where these cars are alive. Uh, and they're everyone needs to get over that. They made a movie about talking cars because it's cute. Uh, I don't know if it's cute. It's kind where of, did the cars scary. come from? No. Is it any scarier <laughs> no. than a movie where bugs can talk and like have little villages? No, that, that seems to make a lot and of sense. And they form societies? They, they, they do that. Like there's ant farms. Like they, there's ant societies. They do that in nature. That's fine with me. I'm fine with that. No, I just, but like they have like I'm more worried about where, where are the humans in cars? That's my problem. There aren't any humans. There are only ever cars. And it, I know it makes, it's weird because they're cars designed to fit humans, but don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm worried about it. That's the thing. Well, what if there was that? What if there was a species, Jeff, that was just perfectly formed, that it would fill up the holes in our bodies, and they saw, like, you know, <laughs> gone with the wind, like this is really distracting. Obviously, these are vessels for our <laughs> ethereal spirits. What happened to us? What happened to, to, so, to the Minorpians? So, like, Amoeba, what are the, what are the Minorpians <laughs> in the gone with the wind? Yeah, so like, like the tiny, like uh, the little like bugs that like live on our body, like the millions of tiny little bugs, uh, like. <laughs> Yeah, they they have their own film society and they like their own culture, and yeah. they go to watch these films about us, I and they get very upset. I yeah, creepy. I bet they would be mad about it, just like I am. So again, the thing is, in, in the cars world where humans don't exist and never existed, it doesn't seem weird to them that there aren't any humans around. Yeah, right, because the, they killed them and ate them all or something. No, all right, we're they done here. Faces. All right, Mike. Uh, I, I I love you so much. I'll Whoa. see you next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah, the, this podcast is over. I'm ending it. Uh, 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 pulling the plug. How do we do this, Mike? What do we normally do? We just tell people where where to find us. I think yeah, you, you find you can find me at uh, Twitter at Tolkoto T O L K O T O. Absolutely, the Exploding <laughs> Barrel Podcast every week at every week at ebpodcast.com. I can tell I'm done with the podcast because I stopped using the cough button. I'm just gonna cough now. People oh, are just gonna like, deal uh, with it. Hell with it. Yeah, the hell with it. Uh, I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. I'm, uh, I do some YouTube videos. YouTube.com/slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, we do some uh, player unknowns battleground streams on Friday nights at twitch.tv slash gamesbeat. You can check those out. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back next time. Uh, until then, I don't know. Uh, do, you know, Mater is rusty, but he's still my friend. Yeah, That's I'm slouching. Suspect. No, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over it. Over it. I'm over you. I'm a. I'm wearing a human shirt, but I'm wearing pajama pants, and that's really just uh, makes me slouch. A human shirt? Yeah, like like an adult shirt that you can go outside in and be accepted <laughs> in human, human culture. I'm almost out of bourbon. Yep. I'll let you go get more. All right, everybody. Goodbye. I'm hitting the stop Bye. button. Let me go over to the tab. Uh, 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 uh. So uh, Gatorade. And so long.